if you follow Amanda Mole, she had a little bit of a thread this past week where she said, you know, the most Georgia thing ever would be for Georgia to go win the national championship and no one's happy about it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you something, guys. I reiterate, we can win the national championship game three to two. I'm watching the sunrise on Bourbon Street and I'm buying everybody T-shirts. That's just happening. Y'all need to know that. What's up, Georgia football fans? My name is Scott Duvall, and you're listening to episode 212 of the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast. I'm joined on this pre-Thanksgiving podcast episode by my two co-hosts, Will Leach and Tony Waller, as we preview the annual clean, old-fashioned hate game, otherwise known as Georgia versus Georgia Tech. The dogs will try to get their offense tuned up as they face off versus a miserable 3-8 and eight Yellow Jackets team, and we'll spend some time on this episode talking about what we think Jake Fromm and the offense needs to do in order to get back in his or their groove for the big one next week versus LSU. Of course, we also share some past thoughts on memorable Georgia versus Georgia Tech games in Athens and in Atlanta. There's, of course, some trivia, and we'll also do our buy or sell and answer some of your questions via Twitter and Instagram. And before we begin, if you're looking for an alternative to traditional Thanksgiving casseroles and such, Stop by our podcast partners, El Barrio or The Pine over in Five Points in Athens. Maybe you're thinking about creating a special Thanksgiving cocktail. The selections of bourbon and individual help that you'll receive over at Five Points Bottle Shop would definitely be a place to go for that. Little known fact, also, there's a Five Points Bottle Shop located out on Atlanta Highway near the Loop. So you can stop by there as you prep for or maybe you're headed out to your early morning tailgate as you drive to Atlanta on Saturday. All right, so let's just jump on into it. And as always, we appreciate you stopping by to listen to our show. And we certainly hope you enjoyed this episode, which is episode 212, the Georgia versus Georgia Tech preview show. I think I might, might have, have a four. You're going to have a nip? It's Georgia Tech week. I think I am. Have a nip. We can start the podcast now. It's Georgia Tech week, guys. Let's see. This is a big deal, Look, Scott. You can hear this. I'm, I'm getting to my narrative former narrative podcasting mm-hmm. so that's the top coming off yes he's about to pour a thimble's worth of whiskey into his glass this is very exciting crazy bastard uh, yeah, that's, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's not enough that's not enough you need to do more. that's almost enough just to yeah. be insulted that's enough to make your wife mad <laughs> yeah, i know that's the truth <laughs> well maybe we should start with uh kind of a postscript on the, the meetup yeah yeah so thank you everyone that came um I, you, we got some pictures I haven't seen. I don't know. Oh, I, I haven't seen any pictures. Yet. Our social media intern has fallen down on their job. I, um, I, I tweeted one out. Did you? Okay. Oh, I, um, I didn't see it. It was a great, great time. I mean, Will and I talked about it a little bit on the Sunday uh, post game. Uh, yeah, podcast. I saw that, or I heard that. I didn't see it. I heard. I'm it. Sorry, you couldn't join us. But Which is funny because you could have. That's the <laughs> right, you could have. But we, uh, well, I think it's only fair that we uh, we pulled the old yeah. old switcheroo on him. The um, I was available to. <laughs> Podcast, and I the problem is, I told y'all the night before that I was leaving town, and I was, but I wasn't leaving till 11. And y'all sent me the podcast recording at like nine. (laughs) Well, when Will and I first, to be fair, when Will and I first talked about it, we said 8 45 Sunday night because he will went to watch the Falcons and Matt Ryan get 300 yards and no touchdowns. And I'm not bitter about that. Guess who my cornerback is in fantasy football? The um, I have James Winston, yes, yes. Mm. Um, you also have seven other quarterbacks, it's crazy. Um, 
We had a, a really good turnout. We had some folks right after you left. Robert and his crew showed up. Really? Robert Wolf and his crew. Robert Robert had had a fully. Robert had had a fully, as he does. <laughs> yes. I thought it went really well. I really appreciate. Look, I, the foundry did yeoman's work. Not a sponsor, but they, they did yeoman's work in accommodating us because I had forgotten they closed at ten, and I also had lost track of time. It was, you, so you kept saying. Guys are closing, and I'm like, that came. I knew they closed at ten. I was just surprised that we were. It felt like we were still just kind of getting started. Yeah, which is good though. Yes, I think that is good. It's a good sign. It had been a very long day. It had been a very long weekend, frankly. For yeah, me. And I guess so I, had like, I needed to. I needed to uh, to get home, but. Uh, uh, I just felt bad because I feel like I would have been there earlier, but I, you know I had to get yeah. my son home, and I had to, and I, that's the first time I've ever tried to get an Uber on a game day. It's crazy, not a simple thing uh, to any stretch of the. Would it, would it have been quicker for you just to walk, like right when you got home, to turn around, and walk all the way down close? There. And it's two miles yeah, probably. Yeah, I mean, I, I could have, but like yeah, at a certain point, you know, I was able to get stuff together. But okay. we appreciate everybody that came. Um, <laughs> Sorry guys, sorry guys. So I'm starting to talk, and I look over here, and Scott's doing some sort of hand motion, and Will has his microphone turned upside down. He's literally standing on his head trying to talk into it, um, or something. Yeah, it was a great day. Um, as far as this particular weekend goes, this was um, three years ago. This weekend, Heinz Ward came and tailgated with us. Popped That's up on right. my book, popped up on my book face today, and I I don't normally look at book face, but I had to be on there for something, and it was the at the top. As it is, so I went ahead and shared that. Um, that was already three years ago. Three years ago, Auburn. I did enjoy uh, one one thing that's really fun about talking with the with, with the listeners because I mean they're just Georgia fans and they're as obsessed with this stuff as we are. Yes. So it's fun to like test drive some theories. I said at some point. Uh, some, yeah, I heard you talking about that. Yeah, at some point I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna quirk, uncork my Kirby Smart as gifted child <clears throat> theory. Um, and uh, which is why I generally speaking, the, the shorthand version of this is uh, uh, the people that are predicted or thought to be doing great things someday at a very young age tend to not be like the Mike Leach freewheeling. Let's just roll the dice and see what happens. Crazy robber baron entrepreneurs that you see. They are the ones that are more worried about losing something and protecting something. And therefore they coach more defensively and perhaps more conservatively, or they they're in business. They tend, or in, in like I see this in in uh, in artistic field in writing all the time. Like whoever like the, whoever the, the chosen one of these these kids are are they have this ton of potential. They're very concerned about holding on and living up to that potential. And so they play they basically play or live or write or coach or whatever as if they have a lot to lose. Whereas someone that that is. Because they do, because they, they've been told forever. All, they, people have such high hopes for them as Kirby Smart clearly did when he played. People, he's clearly the guy that's, he's the son of a coach. He was a guy that was going to be a great coach someday. Whereas when you have someone like, like Mike Leach, who comes from nowhere uh, and is never, no one expects anything of, he will be formally inventive. He will try new things. He'll do weird things. So it is my theory. I, th- I see this a lot in like gifted kids. Like right. when they grow up, they just, and I think that Kirby, because so much has been thought from him so much, it's my theory, and I uncorked it better on Saturday because I've been drinking a little bit more than I have now, uh, that he coaches as if he has something to protect as opposed to as if he has something to prove. So what you're saying is everything looks like a penis to Kirby. I, I mean, <laughs> um, no, it's, it, that is not what I'm saying. Okay. So in all, sinc- <laughs> so in all sincerity, um, it's an actually, it's not a terrible theory, right? Think about Davis Swinney. Think about Nick yeah. Saban. Think about... Um, I can't say anything about Ryan Day. I don't know. But, you know, I mean, Ari Meyer famously held on until his health failed or whatever at Florida. Um, 
That's not. Yeah, it's, it's, that's it's a good theory. It's, it's, I like it's a, that. It's more a postulate right yeah. now than a yeah. theory. Or, but uh, I mean, I don't mind the penis theory. Either, but, <laughs> yeah, I, um, that's not just to be very clear. That is not in fact. <laughs> A concrete aspect of nowhere to go. Take that, but um, but it was very fun. It was very fun. I love talking about that stuff. And uh, and you know, one of the things I think a, a sub a subtext to this podcast and my view on the podcast and kind of generally what we talk about is because we are fans. So much of this is like well, I love to talk about the lizard brain fan. I love yeah, to talk about like the series. Like it's fun to like get a sense of what people want. And I have to say, one of the things, one of the mo- motifs I had too, because it was amazing how much Kirby Smart psychology was a large part of the conversation. It's probably just because they'd watch that offense for three hours. That might have something to do with it. But um, but the idea of of what they ex- what the team is expected. Uh, what Kirby Smart is expected, the fact that he is one of us, capital uh, capital O, capital O, capital U, like that kind of idea of uh, th- there's an ongoing theory that if Kirby were like an accountant, he would just be out there tailgating with Georgia fans and getting drunk and screaming all the time, which I think is probably a little bit of truth to. Uh, though, um, so I think that it was it was fun because also, frankly, a lot of the people there are our age and Kirby Smart's age. So I think I think it's another aspect to even when we talk about this is. You know, I mean, Curry Smart's a Gen X guy, you know, and like he's like we all we all went to college with people like that. And so I think I, it was fun to to hear all the different little theories. Of it. It, was, it was just a, it was a really fun time. And uh, I love talking about this stuff. Yeah. And probably as importantly to me, um, it did provide some validation because, well, you've talked about this. And Scott, you 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 pay closer attention to numbers and things like that than than I do. And certainly Will does. But one of the things is that Will brought up is like, you know, this gives us an indication of. Y'all listening, and we appreciate it. Uh, and I mean that in the most sincere way. Um, there were so many more people than I thought we were going to Yeah, I mean, I like, have to say the it. weather was crappy. It was a long walk. Um, it, you know, and we barely publicized we, it. It's like we basically, hey, let's, let's almost like a pop-up wedding. Um, yeah, so. the, my favorite was uh, meeting Helen. Yeah, you know, the, and, and, here's, the, and here's the, the, the honestly the goodness truth about Helen. It's like she was honestly thrilled to be there and just to be it's fun to see someone so right. excited about it life is. isn't it it is it is it really is i mean she she left as we'll we'll put in the post game podcast she's like you know she she went out before her friends went out just so she right. could come hang that out was a very us. good description uh, of how she, we used to roll i mean she was the I mean, she was, became the farthest distance she came to washington dc not for us but the fact that she made the time to come down to hang out with uh a bunch of people the very happy the bar was closing at 10 is awesome. Yeah. Uh, and the same goes for everyone else there. I had a lot of great conversations. We, I think you're right, Will. But it is heartening to hear people that think in terms of nuance and not not just what if, but also the, you know, this is this is fun. We had a, a conversation about nine and one and ten and one and being excited yeah. about that and what that means as a Georgia fan. Um, we have the type of conversations that we have in the podcast all the time. Yeah. And I think that that is the, that is the exciting thing about that night. So, guys, we get to hate Georgia Tech all year long, but we get to hate them up close this week. We're I just all going, can't wait. right? I just can't wait. Yeah, we, we're all, all three of us are going not together, yeah. but we're going. Uh, maybe we'll try to meet up and take a photo. I'd love to pregame. We pregame last year. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm working on that. Two I, years ago, two part, years ago. Yeah, part of, what I'm, part of what I'm up against. Where do you park down there? Anywhere you can. I, for the record, I actually have a place. Oh, I really where I like. used to work. Uh, there's literally if you if you get if you're getting on back on 85, it's on Spring go, Street. It's I don't I don't know the name of the street, but it's literally when you exit the parking garage, you turn right mm-hmm. onto 85 North, yeah. and it's a pain getting out of the garage because everyone's all got to go all the way down. But I have to say, it's worth it because the minute I can you get out, you, you go right on 85. So I can describe because I used to when I, when I graduated from Georgia, I worked at Southwest Bank in downtown Atlanta for three years, and I parked in this parking deck that Will is talking about. 
if you're at the varsity and then J.R. Crickets is across from the varsity and that's a uh, North Avenue, uh, Spring Street, and it's a one way. And if you go west or no, I'm sorry, if you go south on Spring Street, then you'll pass the BP station and then there's a parking deck right behind the BP station. And that's where Will's and literally about. the exit is it's right there yeah. right on so the it's easy road. access to leave yes it's yeah. hard to get out of the garage because it's yeah. a, a typical it's corporate garage been there for 60 yeah, years it's a typical yeah. corporate garage and it's about people trying to leave a football and game. if you have a you know sequoia or something you might not fit i don't i'm sure you will but or don't drop a sequoia don't drive a sequoia you know. generally speaking i have to say that is something i remember from two years ago people with this huge ass truck in this tiny garage getting so mad mm-hmm. it's like dude you have a huge ass you're i'm sorry but you're not actually out in south Georgia. Georgia, right with a Cobb County yeah, plate, like you are in. Yeah. <laughs> with a Cobb yeah, County yes, plate. that's another thing. But uh, yeah, you are actually in a, like a city where people, like you know, other people are. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, so but part of the, part of the reason I can't com- firmly commit to anything right now is Oconee County has another football game. They host Marist in the state quarterfinals. That's going to be a big one. Which means I have on Friday, Friday night. Which means um, my plan right now is to get up, get everyone up early, and take off. Um, I will drop a pin to y'all and let you know where, where we're going to be. And by y'all, I mean Scott and Will. Um, I mean, if you happen to see us, that's great. But um, we're not planning on meet up in Atlanta uh, because we wouldn't plan that until Friday either way. But on to the task at hand. So, so I'm going to interrupt you. Okay. I want to know what the over under on how many times that you say Geoff Collins will be. In, in this podcast? Yeah. Well, you can't ask me that. You have to do that when I'm not around. I mean, it's like you're asking me to throw it. Well. <laughs> I mean, this is not... I think 12. Well, how do we feel? It's a good launching conversation. There's been... The conversation seems to come up every week, every year now, now that Georgia is so far ahead of Georgia Tech, and now that the program has been turbocharged, particularly when it comes to non-conference games. Uh, do they keep playing the Georgia-Georgia Tech game every year? Yes. Uh, yeah. I find it very... Uh, these are, to me, are what college sports are about, man. And I understand that it's probably a little inconvenient for the recruiting machine that's now, that apparently is the only thing that matters for Georgia football. But to me, you've got to play this game every year. Yeah, in a lot of ways, I think you need this game because it allows you to, it allows you to recruit and display to uh, student athletes in Atlanta which program actually is the lead program in the state. Um, that wasn't always the case for me, but look, Bobby Ross, when he was, he was the head coach of Georgia Tech, he got a ton of athletes out of North Georgia purely because he could routinely be Georgia. I am of the opinion that this is not the most important game that Georgia plays every season. I've, I've said that many times. I'm from South Georgia. I think that's Florida. I think I most agree with Kirby. It's like, if you don't think this is important, lose a Tech. Um, yeah, that's now, right. I... On the grand scheme of things, if, if you were to list out teams I want to beat and beat badly, except for Thanksgiving week, Tech falls somewhere between four and six. But I hate losing to them. I hate losing to them. Um, it's embarrassing to lose to them in a way that it's not embarrassing. It's bad to right. lose to Florida. Yeah, Auburn, I mean, you think about it's it. it's not embarrassing to lose to yeah, them. We, we lost to South Carolina because we think of them as, or Tony especially has disdain for South Carolina and their fans, but... To well, lose South to South, South Carolina, I mean, uh, you know, like South Carolina and George Tech are actually very similarly placed in my mind. Right? Exactly. However, it's not as embarrassing to lose to South Carolina as it is George Tech. Am I right? That's probably right. Although I, I still hate their fans more. You know, the the other part about this, and this I think this can't be understated, is the SEC and the ACC have kind of made a thing out of Thanksgiving weekend yeah. because there there are four matchups, right? Yeah. Four in state matchups between SEC ACC teams. Um, and eventually, they're going to be good matchups again. 
It's because there was a time like right yeah, now, like like four or five years ago. They were, I know, that's what I'm they were all decent matches, that's what right? I'm Kentucky Louisville was was wasn't. I mean, they were evenly placed. I mean, they weren't. Neither team was great. I mean, right now, I mean, Clemson, South Carolina, Florida, Florida State should be a great game every year. It is. It should, but be. it should be a great game be. every year. And frankly, Florida State picking it up will help Georgia because you know they're second athletes away from Florida. Right. Um, and the last thing about it is, like, we should always want to be able to go over there because we essentially get another home game out of this. Yeah, that's this true. Is the best part um, about it. Look, if you're willing to go to Mercedes-Benz and watch us play Virginia or North Carolina or whoever it is, we play Virginia next season, right? That's or two right. seasons. Whatever. You should be willing to go to Atlanta the day after Thanksgiving and go into a what is essentially – Oconee County High School Stadium with an over deck. <laughs> or, okay, I'll make it even better. I mean, there are high school stadiums in South Georgia that are nearly the same size. Valdosta? Um, yeah, the Valdosta or Lounge Stadium. Um, are, and for the record, I actually, again, I didn't grow up hating Georgia Tech. I love that stadium. Like, I, I think it's... I, it's precious. It's, Will, it's, it's just It's cutest. charming. It's charming. It is charming. And um, honestly, like, it I, is, uh, this is the first time I've gone to a game there where I will be looking at the city. Yeah. I've been to an Atlanta United game where I've been looking at the city. Yeah. But I've never been to a Georgia, Georgia Tech game. And I'm very excited. Like, are you in the upper deck? I'm 206. Because the, thing, well, the reason I say that is because the higher you get in the upper deck, the, the, better, the better and yeah. prettier the view is. But and this brings back to a point I was thinking like... Guys, this is going to be a ton of Georgia people there. I think. There I think both. I don't think either of you are sitting in the Georgia section. It's possible you are. I think uh, I am. Um, I am most likely not buying. I don't have tickets yet, but I intend to get them this week. Um, well, I, I did read that it was not sold out. It's not. There are tickets available on Tech's website. Uh, there are now tickets on the aftermarket. They're cheaper than what you get on the Tech website. Um, I think the, I talked to Nathan actually this week. I ran to him on campus. Uh, the full Georgia band is going. They're going to be in section 131. Oh, wow. Fully nice. um, taking over. Yeah. Yeah. So it's. Now, do they, do, they don't do that every year, do they? They don't mean the full I band every year? I think so. Yeah. I, I guess it depends on the away game. Um, the the other part about it in, is, you know, look, I've only been to one Georgia Tech game where I couldn't get tickets, and that was Mark Rick's last game. Uh, I think there were a ton of people who just put tickets in their pockets and didn't bother to come. <laughs> I don't think that's going to be the case. I have. If you look around, it is clear that like you can find tickets in Georgia sections, but it's also clearly if you look on StubHub or TickPick or or any of those sites, it's easy to see which one are the Georgia seats because the price goes way up. Yeah, um, and it, it should. I mean, this is a twenty-nine point spread. Georgia's team has scored twenty-nine points since the Tennessee game, right? This is a twenty-nine point spread. Um, Get in price right now is seventy bucks. Yeah, well, that's before fees, right? You on StubHub. Yeah. So it's going to be I always buy tickets not too early yeah. to these games. I was like, I get so antsy about not having yeah, tickets. But, I always buy so what fee is 89? Yeah, 90 bucks. I'm sorry, so, I paid 200 bucks or anything, but right. like I, I right. paid more than that. Right. So the, you know, look, Georgia Tech, they won this past week. They beat NC State. Uh, and NC Can State I, is I have to say for reeling, Georgia, but. For Georgia Tech not to be the worst team in the ACC this year, that sounds actually like a. I'm not sure they're not the worst team. But they did see State. State. Uh, Miami's Miami's got its own. Yeah, I think they're going through a weird year zero thing where they shouldn't, but they are. Was it the first that Miami was the first team to to lose four games where they were favored by 15 points or more? Yeah, they've also been really unlucky. There, Bill Conley had a thing where they are the first team since he's done SP Plus where they have lost four games where they were more than uh, 70% favored on stats. But they're still a mess, yeah. um, which actually speaks to the ACC, which yeah. is a mess. 
Yes. They're, Though I will say, Virginia Tech is coming on. Virginia they Tech they is are. coming on. They've, they made the rankings for the first time. They're 24 in the rankings today. But even if they get good, that's just one other team in the conference. Yeah, I know, but that's the point, though, is that like right now they've had nothing. It's yeah. been Clemson and Zilch. Like, I don't think Virginia Tech is really going to give Clemson a game. But if you picked one ACC team to play Clemson, I mean, it would be Virginia Tech. Yeah. And look, if you're into conference integrity, integrity and whatever it is for the SEC-ACC matchups, SEC should win three of these games uh, probably pretty handily. Um, although Louisville has gotten better through the season, um, I could care less. I mean, I'm fine if Kentucky wins. If FSU, FSU beats Florida by 29, I'm fine with that too. Um, that still feels weird. That I know it's an SEC, ACC, but Louisville doesn't. Like South Carolina. It, like, Louisville still doesn't feel like ACC. Yeah. Well, I'm second line doesn't feel like SEC, but whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but you know, that's that's fine. I, I'm with you. I yeah. still like. I still think. I still think of Miami. I mean, of, of Maryland in the ACC yeah. as well. I mean, so do I. Especially in basketball conference. season. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you know, like they have come on strong. They have figured out their offensive identity as it is. You know, it's James Graham. They're going to run the ball a fair amount with their quarterback. They still um, have a little bit of option in there. They do. They do. It, I guess it's because they're trying to bridge the gap. Well, they're not only trying to bridge the gap, they're trying to do something. Yeah. Uh, Graham is, he was originally recruited as a triple option quarterback. So you're, well, and also Tobias Oliver still on the team. Yeah, but he is he is way down the list. If you look at stats, um, you know, he is like, I don't think. He kind of started the season. He did. Long. He started the season. Uh, but James Graham has kind of taken a hold of the quarterback spot. Um, who's their running back? Um, is it, Jordan Mason. Is it Jimmy Chitwood? No, <laughs> Jordan Mason. Um, he is, look, he's, he's. He stands to have a thousand yard season. He's like just a shade under a thousand yards right now. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, they're going to move the ball a little bit. Um, but it's also their defense. Ha- I mean, they gave up 26 points at NC State, which NC State's defense, I mean, NC State's offense faced much less stiff competition than Georgia has, has looked worse than Georgia's. So, uh, you know, and, and we can do, we can do a real in deep, deep down breakdown on this. I mean, this is the, I mean, this is a get-right game for Georgia, offensively especially. It's a get-right game. Um, this is, I mean, this is like going to spring break with a, you know, it's like going to spring break with a and being legal to buy booze. I mean, it is like, well, it'd it, be, it'd be a great, just, yeah, it'd be a great game for Jake Fromm to throw the ball around. Yeah, I mean, like to me, that's what this game. I, I want to see in this game. Yeah. And so I, listen, I do want to talk about Jake Fromm, although everyone has beaten this to death. Um, I went back and watched the Texas A&M game. Look, we can have a whole discussion about Coley, and I'm not. I'm still firmly in the camp that when Georgia was stagnant, that is a directive from someone other than Coley. Uh, yeah, he's calling the plays, but he is getting marching orders from yeah, elsewhere. The philosophy, the philosophy, right? Um, Coley called a one hell of a first half. Yeah, the flea flicker, the the wheel rollout. To, yeah, the the stuff we've been wanting them to do. Right, the stuff we want to do. You hit those, um, the game's not even a, a contest. Well, I was thinking about that. It's like, you know, you hit – without adding any more yards to the tally, he hits Pickens, and Pickens either falls down or gets tackled. That's 55 more yards. He hits Herrien. That's another 35 yards. We go from 260 to 350 yards. We go from – how do you have 100 and – what, 160 yards passing, something like that, to 220 yards passing. He goes from – 14 of 23. No, we had 11, 11 of 23 to 13 of 23. Um, the whole thing looks different. No, those were missed passes on his part. And yeah, uh, Kears Jackson dropped one. Um, we'll drop one this game. It feels like he probably did. Uh, well, according to Seth Emerson, I think 
Kyrus Jackson was the only drop that he counted when he kind of wrote his article about recapping the game. Maybe so that's right. The others um, were, I think he described about three overthrows, and I can definitely remember two of them. I can see two of them, of them. yeah. yeah. Right, right, right. And they were just behind guys. And, yeah, Will and I were sitting next to each other, and you know, we get a look, as you do, mm-hmm. right down the, the pipe. And you could see it. It's like it's in the air and the gasp is let out because you see that there's no way the receiver's going to get it. Man, his mechanics were bad. On the replay, especially the throw to Harry, and you could easily see it. He never squared up. He just slung it. He slung it and sailed. I mean, he's like, he never squared his, he really never squared his. It's like, I mean, you have, you're all, both your kids play ball, right? My daughter does this all the time when she's trying to make the throw from third base. She, I'm just like, Katie, square your hips. It is, is worth it because she'll try to throw off yeah. balance and from behind and from behind her, you know, basically behind her weight, and then the ball sails on her. And that's exactly what I'm, Jake Fromm literally did the thing that Pee Wee quarterbacks do. He never, he just, he never squared up. Um, the good news is, is that I, I didn't see any throws that were the, ooh, I'm afraid to make this throw throw. Right. So you're not subscribing to the fact that he's scared off from the South Carolina game. Well, I mean, I certainly would subscribe to that for the two games before this. Mm-hmm. Maybe not. Maybe not Florida, but especially once he got in a group. But, but is, that, is that almost more worrisome? The idea that like he didn't throw tentatively; he just threw badly. Poorly. Like I, I think it's not unfair. Here's here's the other thing I noticed: that pass to Pickens was it was better than the pass to Cater in the Florida game, right? I mean, the back shoulder throw. It was old school drop, as if he dropped it. In. He just right here, um, which, which absolutely leads me to believe if he doesn't have to think, if he can do read and react throws, he's better off right Which now. I have to tell you speaks to the coordinator and the philosophy. It does. Because it's clearly gotten Agreed. in his head. Agreed. It's clearly gotten in his head. And when, when, when he had all that talent around him and he wasn't the focus, he just got to, he got to enjoy the fruits of all of of Nick Chubb and Sony Michelle and, and 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 everyone, he was just a different. I don't know. It's just if Nick from I'm sorry, Jake from um, <laughs> it is Nick. Nick Nick from we hadn't yeah. seen Nick in a while. It has been yeah. no. I thought it is Nick. It is, it's Nick when he's bad, right? Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. I thought I was complaining the other way. I'm not sure. Last week was Nick from. Last week was Jake from, but just not very good. Nick Fromm is the guy that looks hesitant and looks nervous and looks antsy. I didn't think he looked antsy last week. I just thought he looked bad. No, you're uh, right. Which is, I don't know which is worse. But if you see, it, this feels like a game where you want Jake Fromm to get right. You want to get right. because you, you, It's imperative. Yeah, I mean, you, you can't. The, the, the time where you do the, wow, if you do that against LSU, it's over. Because you will now be doing that against LSU. And so this is the last time he's going to get a chance to do it. I don't know what the weather's going to be. The weather seems like it's going to be. It's going to be nice. Yeah. No, it's come on. It's a Georgia football game. It can't be nice. Yeah, it's not a thing. It's obviously not Sanford. Or it would, it would, yeah. Yeah, I, as a matter of fact, I think uh, I'm building an arc to go over there with it. And um, whatever, I also think a lot of the the ball is wet stuff is also a little in his head. The ball yeah. was not that wet in the second half; like it was perfect. Like I was wet in the second half of the Texas A&M <laughs> game. But they have there were towels that could dry off the ball in a way that they could not dry off me. Yeah, and I feel like that is, and he didn't throw any better in the second half. Like I think I think it just it's just listen. Sometimes people have these years where it just Doesn't nothing work. ever quite goes right. But the thing is, there's still time. There's still time. And I know uh, Bill Connolly wrote this week about how uh, he feels like people are kind of underrating Georgia's chances of beating LSU because a lot of it is based around this idea that Georgia is ugly and not fun to watch. And But, like, the defense is legit, and the offense has got points in it. Like, there are points in there to be gotten. And the question is whether they're able to get there. 
Well, what I really like about it is uh, I, if you if you follow Amanda Mall, she had a little bit of a thread this past week where she said, you know, the most Georgia thing ever would be for Georgia to go win the national championship, and no one's happy about it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you something, guys. I reiterate, we can win the national championship game three to two. I'm watching the sunrise on Bourbon Street, and I'm buying everybody T-shirts. That's just happening. Y'all need to know that. Um, I'm sorry. If anyone doesn't do that, I don't, I don't think you count as a Georgia. But like, like, I give a crap what Dan Rubenstein from I can give it. Look, I love so. Dan Rubenstein. I do, too. I don't care if he, if he doesn't like watching. What yeah, do you say? Fact, yeah, you know, I mean, he said the thing that everyone said. He said the thing everybody yeah, says, yeah. Which, which, which is that Georgia is not fun to watch. As a TV viewer, it will be not pleasurable to see them if they make the playoffs. And, he, and as a national viewer, I don't think they're wrong. Georgia has not been very fun to watch this year. Unless you're a Georgia fan who, at the end of the game, gets to say, yay. You should ask ITM. Dan. You should tweet Dan how he liked that Arizona State Oregon game uh, last week. Yeah, no, I'm he not, talked about that. I'm not going to. Yeah, I'm <laughs> not going to play with too. karma that way. He, t- um, he, he talked about that too. And so, frankly, I think he actually acknowledged that, that game was really fun. Uh, that last pass really of the Arizona Woo! State quarterback for, that was fun. That was, that was nice. Fun. I was. Back, I had just gotten back in time to watch that. Yeah. So for, for the Georgia Tech game, I think what that means is like, like Georgia Tech has really been surviving off the run recently. Well, we know how that turns out when teams try to run the ball, right? And then it's going to be interesting to me to see if we run some sets. Um, I talked about a little bit on the post-game podcast. There were a couple of sets that uh, Georgia ran, especially the end, towards the end, middle end of the game against Texas A&M with three down linemen, and they would sneak a linebacker up or safety up um, that would look different. And right. I went back, and I was right about that. Uh, there was – uh, a couple of series where we would put three down linemen, usually our fastest guys, uh, Walker and um, Tyler, and who's the other, uh, not one of the huge guys, but one of the other, whoever it is. I can't think Tyler of Tyler Clark. Uh, yeah, I said Tyler. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, was, he was in the nose. Oh, Dean? Uh, Nicobe Dean, up front. And then they would sneak up somebody like LeCount or, or Mark Webb. Um, those look like they were in preparation for LSU because at that, if you're doing that, basically you're saying, you for our run fits, and we're going to play. We're probably going to play man with a with you know cover two, uh, uh, you know man with two deep safeties. We're going to make Burrow earn yards. Um, interesting to see if we we run some of that just to get the feel game speed feel of that. The other thing is, it's kind of important that we get a big in my mind. Um, I wouldn't be surprised at all if we if Fromm stays in the game to get some throws, especially if he gets kind of going. Um, I I don't. I mean, I know a lot of people are like, hey, we should we get a big lead. We should rest starters, and I get that on one hand. But, I get that on the defensive side. Yeah, on the defensive yeah, side definitely. especially. But yeah. look, hey, Jake Fromm needs all the right now. Jake Fromm and the, the receivers need all the all the fun time they can get. Yeah, because I think you're right. I think they are. Is possible. There's a, there's a world out there where they are one good um, band party away from writing the White Album. I mean, they because there are points there. We've seen. This we have seen, particularly when they run pace. Yeah, when sure. they run pace, we've seen it. Right. I remember that. Uh, this has been the thing. This is why people got so mad. In the Notre, let's not forget why people were so angry in the Notre Dame game. Because the Georgia offense was running so well that Notre Dame players had to sit down and pretend they were hurt. Like, there have been times we have seen it. And I think that is why it's kind of extra frustrating, right? Like, this isn't, this isn't like, like the third-stream quarterback for South Carolina. You're like, well... We're not going to score that many points, and we don't really have a lot of skill, guys. Like, there, there are points there. There is talent there. And I think that's why this seems frustrating because I know people don't think Georgia's fun to watch. 
but I know they can be fun to watch. Yes, they can be. And, and that, especially if especially if we do something with uh especially if we do things with with Swift to get him in space. Um yeah. and Harry, for that matter, I mean, he's not he doesn't really run in space. I think he I think if you got him an open field, he'd find somebody to run over. Um and I'm totally okay with that. But mm-hmm. You know, look, we, we ran a couple of plays where we'd ran a little pop pass to Kyrus Jackson that got a first down. Um, I could see us running that pop pass to James Cook and to a lot of success. Talk about a guy who really hasn't been seen this year. Yeah, well, I mean, if you think about the last five or six games, we've really been in a situation where you have to put your best players out yeah. there. Yeah, even Zamir White, his, his carries have gone down. Not a lot of Zeus. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I think this speaks to the larger thing. We probably close on this for the preview, is that one thing that I found encouraging, going back to Kirby Smart, at the end of the game, I've gotten very tired. We've all gotten very tired of hearing after the game, everything's going fine. Just execution. Just execution. Everything's fine. Uh, we're not worried about Jake. Uh, we, we, got, we just got to clean some stuff up and so on. There was legitimate frustration from him after the game on Saturday. You know what? There should have been. Mm-hmm. And again, uh, we talked. there's nothing we talked about at the post game. Every time I say I get frustrated when, uh, when Kirby Smart will, uh, I mean, just to put it straight, flat-out lie uh, in, in press conferences where, where everybody we talked about at the, at, after the Auburn game when they asked him, so why did you switch up your defense? And he said he didn't. And we're like, all you had to do was watch the game. It was obvious they switched from, from man to zone. It was like, you could see the defensive players reacting to the fact that they switched from man to zone. Uh, and I'm sure there is a reason to do that to lie, there's a reason to, to, to maybe there's competitive, maybe he at least he thinks there's competitive advantage to it, but like, never minding a member of the media, like a fan should be offended by your coach lying, like seeing something that we all see and lying about it. Um, and I understand why he does it, I, and, and who cares? Again, this is the whole thing, is if he wins, nobody cares. I get it, but you also can't tell me that like, this is the way he planned on winning all year. This is all going to play, because it's not all going to plan. Him and the coaching staff are doing a good enough job, and there's enough talent to offset to still go 10-1 when things aren't going the way they're supposed to be going. But this is not how they're supposed to be going. And so to see the frustration that he had after Texas A&M felt like kind of a relief. It's like, good, okay, I'm not crazy. Like, we know there's, we don't tell us they're not, it's just a few things that got to clean up. Something's been wrong with this offense all year, and he finally seemed to show a little bit of frustration in that. I would love to see the fruits of that frustration start to show themselves in Georgia Tech. That would make me very happy, and there's no better uh, team to do it against. I mean, you know, like we, you know, everybody we play, we want to beat, but I mean, Kirby Smart. I mean, he was he was he, three and one versus Tech. Three. What was his one though? Hmm? You remember what was his one? Was well, his senior year, he right? was there 94, 95, 96, 97. Yeah, so they won in ninety seven. Did they? they yeah, y'all. I, I, I that just, year. Yeah, I was in the wilderness then. I was in, stuck in DC. He probably they probably lost in like ninety four. That was my freshman year. They were six four and one, or or ninety five. They were five and six. Ninety six was Donnan's first year. They were six and six. It could have been either ninety five or ninety six. I don't remember, but uh, but yeah. I mean, obviously, Tech is the get right game. You know, people are saying this is a trap game. I think this is perfect leading up to the SEC championship game because if this is a trap game. They're going to get killed by thirty points. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not a trap game because <laughs> Tech is historically bad this year. But you know, to be able to kind of realize that, I mean, Tech's defensive front—they've uh, been going up against. SEC teams the past six weeks 
they're nothing close to what they've been seeing, even against Missouri, definitely against Auburn, Florida, even Kentucky. I mean, they probably are less than uh, 50 pounds across the defensive line. Yeah. I mean, these, these guys were recruited uh, yeah. by Paul Johnson. Yeah. So this is a tra- this is the transition. Yeah, it's their, it's this their is year minus one. Basically, right, right. Yeah. they have a long way to go. I feel like even talking about Georgia Tech, it's almost what they're going to be as opposed to what they're now are just dramatically different things. Eventually, they'll be Temple, <laughs> and, that, and they'll be good for Geoff. I'm up one zero on him, by the way, on Geoff. <laughs> oh, that's right. He had to, uh, kind of muted him when I asked yeah. him that. Yeah. So. so Listen, we should take a minute to talk about Collins. Um, I mean, he gets a lot of love for the hokey crap he does, right? The got, four four he gets a little PJ Fleck love from that. Yeah. He's a little hokey. He's a little over the top. But they all look at him the way they look to PJ Fleck, which is, well, he's got to do something there. Like, he's got to, like, sure. the, the, the hill he has to climb is so steep that. It's in his best interest to be like, yeah, Waffle House, Ooh, yeah, Atlanta Braves, Braves. yeah, I'm cool. I love, I love Atlanta, and like, I mean, but he has a slight, I pretend he's a like, swag coordinator. I pretend that I like rap. Like, there's no way that dude listens to rap at all. But like, you know, I, you get it, right? You get what he's trying to do. But so I think that's appreciated on the national sense, as opposed to us who kind of see this like, all right, come well, on. I mean, like, I, my personal opinion is that. Um, Collins is going to end up having Georgia Tech playing at a better level on average than Johnson did because he's going to recruit better. <laughs> but Johnson took him to an ACC championship. Yeah, and they lost to Wake Forest nine to six. Um, I I don't like. He, I mean, yeah. I mean, there will be years where he will catch people sleeping. I don't. I mean, what was his record against Georgia? What's Johnson's record against Georgia? I don't know. Like one hundred and five. He won at least or something three games because right. He won at least three games, but he was here. No, no, against Georgia, I mean. Right, but he was, how long was he at Georgia Tech? 19 years? When did Chan Gailey live? Um, Let's see. Georgia O'Leary did not go to New Hampshire in the 70s. And then he went to Central Florida, and he killed a ball boy, right? That's what Georgia O'Leary did? I think so. um, I don't know. There's, he, he, I, he, he, was he didn't Craig, kill anybody. He was with Craig James. Uh, he was killing hookers in the closet. He started no, he, at Georgia Tech in 2008. So it was, it was a resume thing. So he was there 10 years. Oh, no, yeah. He got the te- Notre Dame job that had lied about going yeah. to the University of New Hampshire, of all places. Yeah, yeah. Or New Hampshire, New Hampshire A&M or something. <laughs> yeah. um, but he ended up coaching at Central Florida. But he... I, oh, no. Oh, gosh. I didn't mean to make a lot of this. Yeah. He had a player die and then oh, yeah, try right, to cover right, it up. Right, right. Let's see. 2008 until 2018. So 11 years, right? Oh, I added wrong. Yeah. I forgot to add that eight. Well, I don't know. He's, he's drinking. Give yeah, him a break. He's, yeah. He's killing it over here, guys. Like, which he for, the record, for the record, <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like I should. I know this is a podcasting meme, so no one can see, see what's going on. Scott has slowly been peeling off clothing throughout this entire <laughs> podcast. It's been very strange. I, n- neither Tony and I have wanted to either acknowledge or even look in the general direction. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, get a, little, get a little maker's mark on the guy around Thanksgiving, and the next thing you know, it's, it's, a, it's a solo game of strip solitaire. I had to well, turn the heat off, yeah. yeah. Will and I started naked, so. Um, it's not true. No, I will had on boxers. I'm still all messed up. I mean, <laughs> so yeah, it was eight and three, right? He won the first game. He started in 08, right? He won the first game against Georgia. He won in 14. He won in 16. Eight. You know, I remember that 08 game. It was raining. 
Of course it was. Of course it was. <laughs> Georgia was up pretty big at halftime, and then Roddy Jones and Josh Nesbitt just took over in the second half, and it, they couldn't stop him. Well, look, my abiding memory of Georgia Tech will always be my wife in 2004, my wife being six months pregnant with my oldest daughter, and her refusing to leave as they came back against Georgia in, in what was a very cold rain. Like super, like thirty five degrees and raining, um, and she refused to leave. And it was like we were one of fifteen thousand people in the Sill Stadium when Reggie Ball threw the ball out of the back of the end zone, like literally towards us. Um, it, you know, just keep in mind that a quarterback at an institution that holds themselves out is like, well, the reason we can't catch shortages are academic standards. Mm. Couldn't count to four. So that is what you need to know about this rivalry, and Georgia's plainly better. So before we get off of the Georgia Tech part and get into the, the before we g off the oh, Georgia Tech, there we go. What is your favorite Georgia Georgia Tech memory, either in Athens or in Atlanta? Maybe one of each. Um, easily, my favorite Georgia Georgia Tech memory is, is is us staying there to watch Reggie Ball. I mean, just the glee I felt of him throwing the ball out of bounds. Yeah, I was there. Um, how spectacular, Scott! It was rainy. You weren't there. So uh, <laughs> sorry, man. Hey, oh, but l- let me interrupt you before the game. On Saturday, we were waiting in the the wings, if you will, uh, Jack and Walker and myself, because it was pouring and it was still thirty minutes of kickoff. A guy walks by, Dave from Florida. What's up, Dave from Florida? And immediately, the first thing he says is like, "Good to see you making a game in the rain." <laughs> Dave, you're my favorite listener now. Uh, and then we talked for about five minutes. He was awesome. He said he listens to the podcast because he drives a lot, and uh, that makes sense. And uh, yeah, I mean, my boys just kind of looked at me like he got you on that one. So, um, so yeah, thanks, thanks, Dave. So uh, yeah, back to your so, story. Uh, you know, in, I didn't see your boys dragging you through the rain to get into the game. Either. No, I was excited. Uh, to be there. <laughs> so the. Um, and, and part of the reason why that game is so interesting, it was so fun to me, is we got there, we knew it was going to rain, um, and <laughs> some undergrads bought the last poncho, and my wife literally wanted to fight them. It was my six-month pregnant wife. Uh, so you've all met Kristen. She is not to be trifled with. Um, so that's kind of where that's kind of where we were. What about so, in Atlanta? Um, probably my favorite memory in Atlanta on um, Despite getting, uh, so despite not being able to get into the game for Rick's last game, I, I, I just actually gone over there with with Bernie Dog, uh, and he and Chris and I went and sat in a restaurant and watched the game. And we he we got done with the game, and Chris Turner looked at me and was like, "We probably missed Coach Rick's last game." Mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh my gosh, you you really think so?" He said, "Yeah, I think so." And then of course the next morning it happened. So and, and, and the reason it was just poignant, right? That. We had we were we went over there to see that game specifically. I went over to see the game because I wanted to see George George Tech play. He went over there because he thought it might be Coach Rick's last game, and he was right. right. I think for me, uh, and I might be getting this player at the date wrong, but it was the game. I want to say it was '05 in Atlanta when it was fourteen to seven. Georgia won. Uh, it was Tim Jennings. I think Tim Jennings, defensive back, pick uh, pick six, like towards the end of the game, it was a night game mm-hmm. uh, back then because uh, I guess Tech was a little bit better. But th- when he ran it in, it was either Tim Wansley. He played earlier than Tim Jennings. But I think it was Tim Jennings, 2005, uh, picking the pass off. And it was in the balance until the fourth quarter. And so that was, uh, that was one of those good memories of, of that game. And then Athens – it probably have to be the fifty-one to seven. Is that right? Am I? Do I have that yeah, correct? That sounds right. Fifty-one uh, to seven. Yeah, where they just tore them apart. It was uh, two thousand two, the yeah. year that they went to the Sugar Bowl. 
Yeah. Um, that was, uh, that was especially satisfying because my cousin's boyfriend at the time, uh, was playing for Georgia tech. He was a free safety for, for tech. And, uh, so that was kind of, we had been kind of not texting because that was kind of, well, I guess we were on our little, uh, Nokia phones that week. Um, but funny story. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Funny story. He's now the co-defensive coordinator and, um, tech. Yeah. And safety's coach, Nathan Burton. He went to, he went to my high school, great Atlanta Christian, uh, played there, went to Navy for a while, ended up playing at tech. He blocked a kick, blocked a punt against BYU, uh, like his freshman or sophomore year against, uh, or playing for Georgia tech. And yeah, now he's their co-defensive coordinator. So I, I have a soft spot for Nathan cause he was kind of almost family for a while. He was at my wedding. Um, so that, but it was cool to see that he's back over there. Probably honorable mention was the, uh, Todd Gurley, uh, put the team on the, his back game, the, the, the overtime, overtime Hudson game. Mason game. Uh, yeah, that's right. Um, we it, were down what they were up 21, nothing. Yeah. On us? Yeah. And in, in probably look, I've said this before. One of my favorite things is snatching hope away from Georgia Tech. That's right. Uh, and that game was the epitome of that. 41 remember, to 34. Yep. I remember like at the end of the third quarter, Georgia had just scored a touchdown and Georgia had started driving. And I remember looking over in the section beside us and there were Tech fans there. And the look on their face, face told me everything I needed to know. They knew they were going to lose. Um, and just the, the the joy of taking hope away. And that was actually – Remind me what he did in that overtime. Was it – Four straight runs? Yeah, three straight runs. Three straight runs. Three straight runs. He he scored a touchdown. Um, And that was, I want to say, Rameek Wilson knocked down uh, like the pass to to on fourth down for Tech. Um, uh, And at the same time, the kick six was happening in Auburn, Alabama. That's right. Um, uh, Because I remember getting a text. Well, you were in town then in 13. I was. I watched that uh, at a party in Columbus with a bunch of – Bros, a bunch of a bunch of bros, yeah, a bunch of bros that they were, and I, and it's funny because it was weird for me because we had one TV in with Georgia Georgia Tech and one in one room and one with Auburn Alabama, and, and I, in Columbus that's Auburn, territory. and I had just moved to Georgia and I was watching the Georgia Georgia Tech game. I didn't understand why no one else was watching the Georgia yeah, Georgia Tech game, and so fortunately the Georgia game got kind of wrapped up in time, so you could catch you get yeah. the kick six. Well, yeah, and I remember because I remember getting a text uh, right as we were wrapping up that. It was going to overtime, and then I got a text back. It's like, it's over. Yeah. Auburn scored a touchdown, and I like so I texted. Um, I saw my friend Jason, um, Wayne's brother. I was like, uh, "You left out, dude." Because yeah. clearly, um, and then got the whole story on that. And that play was so consequential because the tip six is almost never talked about, even though it was like the yeah. th- third craziest play of the decade <laughs> on the SEC storied. Um, because the very next week they returned yeah. a kick for a touchdown to beat Alabama. Thank God. Thank God. No, <laughs> yeah. that's exactly right. Um, so it's a precious stadium. And let me say one thing about Bobby Dodd Stadium. I, I don't hate the stadium as much as I hate what they did to it because it was – they could have done some really cool things to make that stadium that kept with the original bowl and things like that, and they just – they didn't. I mean, it looks like a record set. I think John Dewberry got a hold of it. Yeah, I don't know who John Dewberry is, but yeah. He was a quarterback at Tech. I think he's a commercial architect. Or, well, I'm uh, glad that yeah. Georgia Tech doesn't have a reputation among you know, like yeah, architecture, or architecture yeah. or anything. Yeah, and so, a, and everyone remember, yeah. this is important, Jasper was down. And my favorite memory of the Georgia Tech series is uh, that one time years and years and years and years ago, I don't know if you remember this, when the game was not at noon. Oh, pour some out for not noon games at Tech. About 1992, when the fight broke out, I've I've seen that replayed on Twitter a couple times. Patrick Garvin tweeted that out. Yeah, 
that was awesome. Ray Goff was out there pulling people off yeah. um, because Georgia was, was dominating him. They yeah. threw a pass at the end of the game yeah. to kind of rub it in. Hey, I'd be okay with that. Low-key. Yeah. yeah. All right, you want to get in a buy or sell? Yes. Buy or sell. Oh, wait, briefly. Yeah. Let's talk about Anthony Edwards. I want to talk about Anthony Edwards. Oh, basketball. Just a Dude. moment. Uh, for, the, for the record, Georgia did lose the first two games in the Maui Invitational. They got wiped out by Dayton and really looked outclassed by Dayton. Like, they got wiped out in that game. And Anthony Edwards was terrible. He had six points. He was two for ten from the field. You could tell, uh, uh, what's the name of Tippin is the guy for, uh, the guy for Dayton, yeah. who is the, uh, who is another f- potential lottery pick. Uh, you could tell Edwards was trying to show off compared to him and it did not work. He really just got, it, just, it was not good uh, to any stretch of the imagination. Played Michigan State on Tuesday, fell behind by 28 points to, against a team that would that is a national title contender. Like that's not. I mean, you shouldn't lose by 28 to anyone, but that's Michigan State is very very good. And Edwards had struggled again in the first half, and it just wasn't really going well. And this is his first real national television showcase. Everybody's watching. Bill Walton is calling yeah. these games. Like, this is a – everyone's watching. By the way, who's a delight to listen to? It's yeah. Crazy. I have to say, Bill Walton is a delight to listen to if I don't care what's going on in the game. Yes, agreed. Uh, if I care what's going on in the game, I do find him a bit much. Uh, I generally like Bill Walton, but I, I sometimes would like you to comment on the my, – my team is playing. I'd like to you comment what's happening. Um, but it was just not going well. And then Edwards exploded. I think he scored a total of 37, I think 32 in the second half. And they were across the board. He was putting up three-pointers uh, three from near the half-court line. He was driving and dunking. He was getting fouled. My personal favorite play was actually a pass where he did like an old-school two-hand all the way down the court bounce pass to a guy on a fast break. It was Gorgeous. They still lost the game, um, and, but and I don't know if Georgia is going to make the tournament or not. But this is why Anthony Edwards is here. This is it was. I would argue it was. I, I mean, I've had season tickets to Georgia basketball since I got here. Other than the game where JJ Frazier almost took them back against Kentucky after Yante Maiden got hurt in the fight, yeah. fight, which is still probably my favorite Georgia basketball moment. This was the most exciting Georgia basketball has been. It was euphoric to watch him. He is an incredible talent that we had not really seen yet. He had 29 points in one game. But it was one of those games where you like look up and it's like, wow, he's got 23 points. Because he, he got to the line a bunch. And, he, and you know, he's just he's a good enough player that even when he's not really on, he can score 19, 25 points. It was, it's, I mean, well, it may lead Center tonight. Like how incredible he was in the second half. For that to be George's player, it was really, really cool. They're going to end up finishing seventh in the tournament because they'll play Chaminade on Wednesday at 9 o'clock. Chaminade is the local Division I AA team. They will. If, if we lose a Chaminade, we're not going to Yeah, never mind. So, never mind. Forget everything I just said. But uh, it was very exciting. It was it was a truly, truly cool thing. And I, he's about, now that he's unlocked it, because he really has not unlocked it yet. Now that he's unlocked it, I think Georgia games are about, Georgia basketball games are about to be must Watch it was unbelievable how how great he was. So you think that what they'll take from that trip all the way out west, way west to Maui, because of his performance today, it'll almost be an uplifting flight home. It'll maybe? be the story of that whole tournament. And Michigan State is in that tournament, and Kansas yeah. is in that tournament. Yeah. They're going to be talking about. Anthony. And if you're Tom Crean, you use that as part of the building block. Yeah, I mean, that's what they've been waiting for. I mean, because I mean, listen, 
Georgia has brought in some good recruits this year. I still feel like Shavir Wheeler is just... He's my kid's favorite player. He's so awesome. And he's also just a little bit taller than your sons. And um, he's he's absolutely... He's such a great player. And I think he's the one that may long-term have the biggest impact because he's going to be a four-year starter at point guard. He's going to be... like I I, uh, He's going to be a lot of fun his junior and senior year. Yeah, Cassius Winston, uh, he reminds me a lot of like a shorter Cassius Winston who's a great player for Michigan State. Or taller Spud Webb. Yes, taller Spud Webb. But um, what... The the thing that got national attention about Georgia basketball is they got the guy that's probably going to be the number one pick in the draft next year, and we had not seen why yet. We saw why today, and it is going to make Georgia. Georgia's going to pretty soon. If there's more like this, Georgia's going to be like on every sports center when they would show John Morant, yeah. uh, Murray State, and be like, okay, okay, okay. No, you might not care about this Georgia Mississippi State game, but here's just five minutes of Anthony Edwards doing cool stuff. Uh, that I think unlocked that and it's going to make them a blast to watch all year. Yeah, it is. All right. Sorry. Scott's been drinking. Anyway. We had to wait. Buy or sell. Buy or sell. All right. This is a no particular order. It's going to be kind of all over the place. So just wanted to give the listeners and you, Tony, the heads up on that. Buy or sell Thanksgiving edition. That's what I titled it. Okay. Because Thanksgiving. Hold go, on. Go figure. Okay. Go. <laughs> Buy or sell. UGA basketball will make the NCAA tournament. That was my first one. So I would have said sell before today's game. It's probably still. It's at least hold. But I'm it's buying. Hold. I'm having so much fun. It's I'm hold. buying. I'm buying. It's hard okay. to say. I, I mean, look. Before the season, Will said they couldn't lose the first two games and not make the and make the tournament. Watch him and knowing what Anthony Edwards did today. Does it makes that math a little different, right? It's going to be wild to see them play in Kentucky and have the be- play Kentucky and have the best player on the court. A hundred percent. Like yeah. it, and, yeah. and it's it's it's. I just so he's I, better than Ashton Hagen. Yeah, I, I, it was it was unbelievable to watch. I, I couldn't believe that guy was playing for my team. Okay, buy or sell Bobby Dodd Stadium. Look, we've already covered this. I'm a buy, but I don't I don't have the history. Look, it's 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 a fun game to go to because the side, there are no bad seats in there, no bad sidelines, but. I don't like what they did with the stadium. They, they right. could have done much. It, it does really look like a transformer on um, crapped out. Like said. <laughs> that was the sound of the transformer crapping. In case you're wondering. I like it personally. I know that, uh, who knows, maybe, maybe some people disagree I mean, with me on that, but I, I, I like the stadium. I like the, like you said, I like the sight lines. Uh, I've got, I got some, I'm into photography. You might know. So when I was there two years ago, I spent, Pretty much all the third quarter, walking around the upper deck, taking different like panoramas and. And the other I part, like it. It's, it's other, a gorgeous view, man. Yeah. Like the other part is worse than South Carolina. Like you can only get to your section. That's right? true. You can't move around the stadium. No, you can't. Okay, um, buy or sell. Move the Georgia Tech game to a different part of UGA's schedule. No, sell, sell. Okay, Lots that's the love of this thing. This would be no fun if they played in September. I mean, uh, look at this. Also, we wouldn't have clinched the East yet. Yeah. And like, it's a great tune-up game, particularly now that they play like a normal team. Now that team. we don't have to get our, our legs beat off. Exactly. Right. Like now, now that they play like a normal team, it's, like, it's a perfect time to play them. Until that time where they win the SEC East and are going to the SEC Championship game and Georgia Tech is good, and then this game could stop them tough, from that. Yeah. Uh, buy or sell, will chaos reign this weekend? Define chaos. College football playoff chaos. Like last week, I mean, Oregon dropped. I mean, we're due. I actually feel like chaos is actually closer to clarifying things at this point. Like basically, what, what is count? Like Michigan winning. A&M winning. 
A&M winning is chaos. Michigan winning is a big upset. I bet if but, I, but but still Ohio State or Wisconsin. I, mean, I, I, mean, I guess I guess Michigan and Wisconsin winning. Yes, that's chaos. Colorado uh, beating Utah. Whew. That's chaos. Uh, Oklahoma losing to Oklahoma State. That's chaos. Clemson is not losing to Alabama. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know how much chaos that is. Yeah. Well, that's I, chaos I, if those other things happen. Yeah, that's definitely chaos. Yeah, because I mean that's the thing too is if those things happen, Alabama wins. Yeah. Alabama's in. Nobody wants to see that. Clemson losing to South Carolina. Now that's hundred percent chaos. That's just that's just so crazy. buy or sell. There will be some form of chaos. I'm saying sell. I think I think it's, it's going to be all chalk. Yeah, I'll buy. Yeah, I like that. Okay, buy or sell. Lions versus Bears at twelve thirty. Cowboys versus Bills at four, and then Falcons versus Saints on Thanksgiving Day. So no, not so much buy sell as much as pick one. No, no, no. I don't want you to pick a winner. What do you oh. think of that schedule for Thanksgiving Day? It's not ideal. Um, we are a Bills family. So, because uh, remember my wife's, my wife's. Oh, I'm sorry. Bills are at the Cowboys because yeah. they're traditionally. My, my, wife, my wife's family uh, is from Buffalo. Is that the first time the Bills have been on Thanksgiving? They were there a few years ago for like the night game, I think. Um, but yeah, uh, the Bills are, have, have a better record than the Cowboys. And everyone's yeah. all, like, they're 8 3. So, but they're probably not good enough to be 8 3. But yeah. I'm a hold. I think this is an Bears Lions is. How many uh, people are going to be at Mercedes Benz Stadium on Thursday night? Yeah, you were there on Saturday. How how many people? Oh, it was. It's funny. I always forget because the only time I go to Mercedes Benz Stadium are either for Atlanta United games or the SEC Championship games, and it's always rocking for those. And you go to the Falcons game and they're eliminated. It's just it's like the old Georgia Dome. They're pumping in crowd noise. Yeah, and it's uh, it's it's not a great scene. So, okay, buy or sell Turducken. Buy, 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 buy it more. We should actually, we, we should be like genetically raising live turduckens and like. Tony, do you think he does it out on his farm? And I'm with Will. Yeah. We should. Yes. If we don't. Will you, okay. We, 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 the problem is we spent too much time asking whether we could. We forgot to ask whether we should. <laughs> okay. For, for the, the three people that don't really understand turducken, we give it a quick once over. So turducken is a, um. Tur turkey with a duck inside the cavity, with stuffing around that, with a hen inside the duck, with with around that. Yeah. There's actually a fourth level of this called a fowl de cochon. Oh, which is a duck and stuffed inside a pig. Oh my god! Wow, this is I a cook the shit out of that. It is the human centipede? <laughs> it is the human centipede uh, of, of Thanksgiving it's meals. Like, it is like a nesting doll, or you know, feed, uh, feed. Yeah, I'm a big feed. fan of all those things. <laughs> you should see the look on Tony's face. He got real serious right there. Uh, so buy or sell traditional Thanksgiving menus. Like, you know, just straight up, you know, you got the cranberry sauce, the yeah. stuffing, the turkey, or do you go a little bit of variation? I mean, canned cranberry sauce is trash, but okay. We can go with everything else. That shows up. It seems like some some yeah, some great bring aunt some. brings the yeah. cranberry sauce in the can. So, we, I, we, look, I host Thanksgiving nearly every year because I like to cook, and you don't get a body like mine without cooking. Um, so we, we're doing a fried turkey. I am doing some pork tenderloin. And, and we're having pretty much everything else traditional, mashed potatoes, green bean casserole, dressing, squash casserole, um, parsnip confit. Wait a minute. That doesn't sound normal. Um, and, it, you know, look, do whatever you like to do for Thanksgiving. The whole idea behind Thanksgiving and is to spend time with family to appropriately reflect on why we have Thanksgiving and when we have it, um, and not to make too big a deal about the old American notions of Thanksgiving, uh, and that's just my family's aesthetic. You do you, 
Um, get people together. It's the whole get point. Get people together is the point. Buy or sell. Where am I going to go with this? I got a couple of. This is like choose your own adventure. I'm going to go this route. Buy or sell. PETA had an interesting tweet today. PETA, the People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals. It was uh, it was big on UGA Twitter. Basically, the title of that tweet in capital letters was "He looks miserable." And they at tweeted or they tweeted at UGA Athletics and went into and had a video family. of Ugga First off, he was a sleeping. Family. <laughs> look. So, I, what, what's your take on that? Look. You could make an argument that Mike the Tiger for LSU, for example, is mistreated. You can make the argument that I assume Alabama has a live elephant. I don't know. Um, you can make the you can make the argument that the eagle that keeps flying into windows at, at Auburn is mistreated. Uga lives better than some of the ninety nine percenters, so I think you can slow your roll there. Peter sucks, man. Like Peter sucks. There, they have. They are. There are people that that agree philosophically with PETA they think PETA sucks PETA is always doing crap like this and they're all, and they're all just like trolling they think it helps for what it's worth Will's a normal American guys yeah like they, they think that they are helping their cause and they're not they're driving people they, away from yeah, their they cause it's, they are very annoying they have always been very annoying they are making it harder for their cause than helping yeah they can't rather, read a room rather than helping their cause and this is a good example of it okay so sell yeah, definitely. Also, sell Peter. I'm sorry, I. It's Aga. I, I. I mean, seriously, like he was sleeping. Right? He was taking a nap. Dude, I'm going to be buried in some yard somewhere in Oconee <laughs> County. He's going to be buried in Stanford Stadium. Yeah. Get the hell out of here. Yeah. He's also. He also didn't need a visor to keep him dry. He had a, a whole little doghouse. Okay, you didn't comment his, on the visor. Yeah. Well, well, I'm bald and I'm triggered. Yeah, okay. I'm sorry. By ourselves, the enjoyment we felt in 2017 can only be surpassed with a national championship this year. This year, no, it can be oh. surpassed. Yes, yeah, can be surpassed. Not, can, I thought you. I, I thought you were just going to say by a national title. Well, that would I, be an easy answer. But well, yeah. Then this. So you're saying next year wouldn't surpass it, but this year would. I mean, I'd say the opposite. I would say we're going to confine ourselves to the present right here. But I would say, all told, this is the year. For the record. Let me do a little Cardinals moment and okay, to, to okay. illustrate the issue. Oh, good. We hadn't had those in a while. Yes, a little, to illustrate the issue. Just hit the fast-forward button so, like three no, times. No, no, no. Listen, no, this, this is usually good. This is, this usually is good. a good lesson for Georgia fans. Okay. So, so the Cardinals were outstanding in 2004. That was like the best Cardinal team in my lifetime. They lost to the Red Sox famously in the World Series that year. They had all these great teams from like – they didn't win the World Series in 1982. They had a ton of great teams but never won the World Series. 2006, they were terrible. They, but their division was terrible. So they only won 83 games. But somehow they won their division. They got in the playoffs. The Padres collapsed. The Mets collapsed. The Tigers made a ton of errors. And the Cardinals won the World Series. At the time, I said, I don't care at all. The Cardinals won the World Series. Because this is the lowest rated World Series. Everyone kept saying how terrible the World Series was. And, and I said, you people are full of it. My team won the World Series. I don't care at all. Cut till 2011 when the Cardinals actually have this storybook incredible season where everything goes beautifully and wonderful, the most exciting possible way you can win a World Series with David Freeze and everything else. After they won that World Series, I actually looked back in 2006 and said, okay, I'll admit it, that stunk. Like, that was actually not very cool now that I've had a cool one. My argument for Georgia... I think when you win one, having waited, and Illinois had, the Cardinals had waited longer than Georgia has had since their last national championship by that point, um, or at least the rough amount of time. Um, when you win one, 
it's better to do it in the coolest way than to do it in a, the, I, no matter what, you'll have the, the T-shirts and you'll celebrate on Bourbon Street. It's cooler if you win by, it's, more, it's just, it's going to be more fun. Like, no, like if they had won that game at Alabama, no one would ever be able to say, Oh, well, Georgia, like, oh, well, that team was no fun to watch. Like, if you win the national championship, if Carlson had never won the World Series in, in, after 2006, everyone would say, yeah, you won the World Series. But it was that terrible World Series. I would pretend it didn't bother me, but it would have bothered me. But once I won in 2011, I was like, okay, this is the most amazing possible way. The point is, is if you want the actual pinnacle, peak, you actually want to win in the year like 2017, not in the year like 2019. I'll take a win this year. <laughs> I will also take one. It would be awesome. Right. But ideally, you want to win. Okay. You want Jake Fromm in his last game of his senior year. This All good. The demons being oh, I'll take one next year, too. Yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, no one's saying we don't want one this year. That's not what I'm saying. All right. We're going to jump into entertainment real quickly. Uh, buy yourself Frozen 2 because I have kids and my daughter especially wants to go see it tomorrow, and I think we might. Uh, buy yourself Frozen 2. Two. I've not seen it, but we talked. But Grierson talked about it on the Grierson Unleashed podcast, which you should all be subscribing to. And uh, he thought it was better than the first one, but awesome. he also was not crazy about the first one. But well, he liked this one better. I uh, I had to watch Oconee County Middle School uh, chorus do Frozen Junior uh, after the Auburn game, and then Sunday after the Auburn game. So I hope it's better. <laughs> they did great. It's just right. Yeah. Uh, buy or sell Disney Plus. So. I'm going to go ahead and answer and say it's, a big buy. It's a buy. We got it. And I yeah. think my daughter has, uh, you know, she's out on Thanksgiving break. We've watched it probably a couple hours a day. And I've talked to Will about this. I've started watching The Mandalorian. Yeah. I would recommend that to anybody who's a Star Wars fan because it's basically like a bunch of Bubba Fetts who run around as bounty hunters. Wasn't that the Clone Wars? No, this is... This is this, they're Clone dressed Wars like is no longer canon, by the way. Huh? Clone Wars is no longer canon. It's not. No, it's no longer canon. It's no longer canon. It's about and time. and and I'll tell you, the probably quite possibly the cutest character Baby ever Yoda. gracing yeah. the screen is Baby Yoda, and he has awesome powers. And uh, I'm not awesome powers. Awesome powers. And I'm not going to spoil it because you know, we're only through the third episode. But it's worth your time. Each episode runs about 35 minutes, so you can get in, get out. Go watch The Mandalorian. Is, is David Eckstein's wife voicing one of the characters? I don't know. His, his wife used to yeah. voice one of the characters. No, it's, it's like live. It's real people. It's okay. not a cartoon. It's not okay. a cartoon. Um, and Carl Weathers is in it. Bye. Warner Herzog is in it. Really? And Nick Nolte makes a cameo. I swear to God, I thought you were saying Nick Fromm. I was like, yeah, I'm watching it. All right. We're going to get into uh, trivia. So Saturday will mark the 62nd anniversary, November 30th. Okay, I think it is. To what historical Georgia victory over Georgia Tech? 62nd. Oh, the drought breaker, Theron Sapp game. The drought breaker. Uh, it was a 7 to nothing win in Atlanta, Theron Sapp. Uh, Tech had won eight in a row, and Theron Sapp scored the touchdown, and uh, they retired his number. Over that. Over that's that how game. Much this, that's how much this <laughs> game number, used to mean. Number 40 is retired for Georgia because of that. Here is another trivia question. Theron Sapp carried the ball nine times on the drive, the game-winning drive, including the one-yard run on a fourth and one to score. That drive was set up by a fumble recovery at midfield. Who recovered the fumble? That would have been 1962. That would have been 1957. 
You would ask the question if it weren't somebody that is of some import. I don't know. Will, do you have a guess? Nope. Theron Sapp recovered the fumble. Did he really? He did. That was dumb. <laughs> Shit, I should have got that. This, uh, yeah, like you were going to know anybody else in the 57 team. Grant Tarkenden. Okay. Was he on that team? I don't, I don't know. know. He probably was. All right, another Theron Sapp trivia question. Sapp's number is retired, one of four. Name the four retired jersey numbers and the player associated with it. Okay. I already gave you one of them. Yeah, well, Theron Sapp. Number. I just told you. Did you? Yeah. 53? 40. 40. These are Georgia retired numbers. Georgia retired numbers, yeah. Uh, Walker 34. That's uh, correct. Uh, Charlie Sinkwich. Yeah. Ooh. No, I'm sorry. Frank Sinkwich. Frank Sinkwich. I, I you made okay. a sandwich out of Sinkwich. I did. I did. Frank Sinkwich. I don't know his number. 12? Reverse that. 21? Yep. Okay. I gave you Charlie, so. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Charlie Trippy, Charlie number. Charlie Trippy, that's right. Yeah. That's right. It was. 78 or something? 62. 62. That was the one I was trying to remember. That yeah, was, it was a weird number. I was there, for, I was there when was, they retired all the numbers. That was a game I went to. That would have been like 90, 89, 90. He played in that 41 Rose Bowl. He did? Or 43 did. Rose Bowl. Also, uh, speaking, of, speaking of retired numbers in uh, Georgia, I would like to note that uh, my son has a five Edwards retired. Yeah, I want to know where you got that. It's a Therese Edwards jersey. because She wore number five, She too? wore number five. She's her numbers retired. Oh gosh. So, so that you could actually get an Edwards Team. five jersey. I love wow. it. Wow. So, yeah, it's pretty, pretty cool. You can get an Edwards five jersey. Old school Georgia jersey. I saw that. It it's looked very, really good. very cool. It's yeah. very cool. Okay, what SEC team... Has the least amount of retired jerseys, and what SEC team has the most retired jerseys? Okay, let me let me, let me pick least. I'm gonna say Missouri has the least. I'm gonna say Georgia. The least is tied with Florida and Mississippi State. Man, do they have? They don't retire jerseys; they revere them. They're revered jerseys. <laughs> It's just a far thing to do. And Mississippi State reveres someone calls. Who do you got? Dak Prescott and that guy in the forties. Uh, John David Crow. No, he went to A and M. No, he went to A and M. Same color. Wrong. Wrong. I'm thinking uniform colors. Yeah, I'm thinking colors. Yeah. Um. So who had the most? <sighs> Alabama. Auburn. Kentucky. They've really? retired 34 numbers. My God, they can't fill a team. I don't know how they do it either. They must Maybe. allow players to use retired jerseys. I guess Are there so. any Georgia players that everyone thinks should have their number retired? Some people say David Pollock. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean. If Aaron Murray would have won the title, I would, he would have gotten Yeah, his. I mean, Pollock is. Um, Not Pollock. I mean, on. just because no, no, he was no, no, a three-time no, no, All-American. Look, look, trust me, I'm. Yeah, come hey, on. He, three-time All-American. Um, three-time yeah. All-American. I think you got to be a, a most All-American, and you probably need to win the title at this point. I mean, Look, I'm not calling for it. I'm just saying that online, if you read stuff, people would. If Nick Chubb's not getting his jersey retired, I mean, he, yeah, yeah. You'd have I don't to. Know. Would you have to do Nick and Sony together to retire? I mean, but but Nick statistically was sure. better and more impactful. Okay. If, if Jake Fromm wins a national, I mean, I'd be followed. Yeah, Jake Fromm. Yeah, he retired. If he wins national championship, yeah, yeah. I, agree. Yeah. I mean, why is it Buck Blue's jersey retired then? Because he just handed it off to Herschel. Because he threw that one pass 12 yards. <laughs> Look, I'm, I mean, I like Buck Ballou as much as the next Georgia fan, but yeah. Um, if Jake Fromm plays his senior year and wins the national championship. Oh, yeah. Or yeah. wins this year or next year. Yeah. Let's be as, as previously established. Yeah. 
Georgia last lost to Georgia Tech in 1999. Uh-huh. When was the last time Georgia lost back-to-back visits to Atlanta? Is that really the last time they've lost in, in Atlanta? Atlanta, Atlanta 1999. 1999. That was Jasper Sanks was Holy down. Holy cow. Um, this is probably time to remember that all the SEC officials went to Tech. Literally, the SEC. Rogers Redding. Rogers Redding. Literally, Bobby Gaston, who was the head official that came with the Tech, his name is up on the stadium. Um, well, would you say, uh, while you're thinking about what, that, what would have happened if Twitter was a thing back in 99? Oh, shit. Damn. I mean, that oh was, it, God, the well, it was, it was one of the most. <laughs> it was, and here's the thing. It was, a, it was a back and forth game. High scoring. And then one of the most egregious fumble calls. And I think there was something where Joe Hamilton might have fumbled earlier. I don't yeah. remember. But. Um, let's see. So, yeah, when was the last time they lost back-to-back visits to Atlanta? I'll go with 89 and 91. 61, 63. Really? Wow. Would you say that um, Kirby Smart's three, Georgia Tech is one of his three worst losses here? Uh, Georgia so Tech, early. Vanderbilt, oh, and South Carolina? We had, we had lost previously under Rick the, in Athens. Yeah, but part, part of the reason was we were up so big in that game, yeah. right? Weren't that we was over, that? We oh, yeah. overtime. It was the fourth quarter, though. Georgia yeah. was up big late, and yeah. then they gave up. I'm curious, yeah, what, what do you think probably, the worst? South Carolina's probably the worst loss. I think it's hard uh, to get South Carolina. Ole Miss is on the list. Yeah, but it's a road game. Yeah. That wasn't a great team. Compete. Did not compete against a bad team. Well, I uh, thought they were good at the time. Um, we were all wrong. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, I, I, yeah, I put on list. I absolutely would put on a debatable list. I mean, South Carolina's clearly one. I think, I think Vanderbilt homes probably two. Nichols would have been one. No, yeah, never forget Nichols. Never forget Nichols. Never forget Nichols. Okay, Georgia has three shutouts on the season this year: Arkansas State, Kentucky, and Missouri. When was the last time Georgia posted four shutouts in a season? Because it could. I mean, people are talking like Tech might not score. Was it eighty? 1961. They had three shutouts oh, whoa, in 80. No, 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 hold on. We had three shots in 80. Let's see. 77? 76. 1976. Yeah. Wow, good job. We played, Dorset, we played Pitt, Tony Dorsett, in the Sugar Bowl that year. Georgia went 10 and 2. They were 5 and 1 in the SEC, SEC champs. They shut out Clemson, Alabama, Vanderbilt, and Auburn. It's pretty strong. <laughs> wow. I mean, like Alabama that year was not great, but. Bear was on the sideline, wasn't he? And we, and we lost to Pitt. Like Pitt won the national championship that year, and they, I think mean, it was like seventeen thirteen. It was a close game, or thir- fourteen thirteen, or something in the Sugar Bowl. Through eleven games, how many times has Georgia had a one hundred yard rusher this season? This season, two. two weeks ago, two. I'll say three. Swift did it versus Vanderbilt, South Carolina, Kentucky, Auburn, and Texas A&M. Wow. That's incredible. How many times have we had a 100-plus yard receiver? Zero. Zilch. Twice. So I said twice. Blaylock did it against Arkansas State and Cager versus Florida. Oh, that's right. I forgot Cager did it against Florida. How many times have we had a 300-yard passer? Zero. Yeah, zero. Zero. Um, and then I wrote down through 11 games in 2018, because we've been through 11 games, there were five 100-yard rushing games. Uh-huh. Swift had uh, 100 versus Tech, so there were six last year. Through 11 games in 2018, 
There was one 100-yard receiving game that was Hardman versus South Carolina. He had 103 yards. And Jake Fromm had, through 11 games last year, had zero 300-yard passing games. But he did throw for 301 versus Bama in the SEC championship game. In 2017, Georgia had six 100-yard rushers through 11 games, seven total with Michelle's 181 versus Oklahoma. They had zero 100-yard receiving games in 2017 and only one 300-yard passing game, which was versus Missouri by Fromm for 326. And for what it's worth, in 2014, they had a 100-yard rusher every single game because that was Nick's freshman year. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, let me look here. We have, to, we have to do fun office polls. I know. We also have questions. Trivia question. What is Georgia's next home game? Uh, East Tennessee East State. East Tennessee State, Correct. yeah. What is their second next home game? <laughs> mm, <Mr>. Auburn? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is it Auburn? Louisiana Monroe. But they will have, it'll be after Alabama. Yeah, it'll be raining. Okay, um, I, I, I sent out a tweet on Waiting Since Last Saturday Twitter and Instagram. We got a few, so we'll run through them real quickly. Uh, Skyler uh, at SWDean88 says, Buy or sell. Jake Fromm is a better pro prospect than Aaron Murray than Aaron Murray and or David Green. I mean, true, buy, but that's, that's not as impressive of a thing as they think their questioner might want it to be. I agree. This is from Andrew Butts at underscore at a underscore drew underscore three he says we aren't supposed to look ahead but hard not to i can see georgia's run game being very hard for lsu to stop which will also keep joe burrow aka macaulay culkin standing on the sideline will this give this elite defense a chance to get after joe when he's on the field what are your thoughts i mean i think we'll get after joe the problem is like the defense won't i mean the offense won't be on the field i mean yeah, I mean, we have a whole week I, I mean, we'll this. have a whole week to talk about this, but it it feels. Do you think Georgia could score thirty one points against LSU? If you do, you, if you don't, you there there no way. There's no way you're winning that game. You th- score thirty one, you might win. You might, but you better. Yep. This is from Brent uh, at Elko Dog. He says, "Would you guys prefer a premier offense, a la 2012, or a dominant defense like here in 2019? With all the negativity that surrounds the offense, we're in the same position we've been in." in our better years, 2012, 2017, with arguably more quality regular season wins. What do you think? Everybody drink. Seth Emerson had a great piece about whether or not you, uh, you about to say the same thing. Yeah. Great piece about whether you can win a championship based almost entirely off defense. And his result was, Hell, I don't remember. I didn't read the whole thing. Yeah, I, um, <laughs> I gave the smiley face click. And so, yeah. Right. Look, the, the problem with it is that, Yes, uh, defense can win championships. the The problem is, is like the teams that we will most likely face in the college football playoff score points in droves, which means we either have to create scoring opportunities or have or scores on defense, or we have to figure out a way to score more points. And there's no way around that in 2019. Georgia might want to be Alabama 2009. But the other teams are not the teams that Alabama played in 2009. Which is what Seth said now that I remember now. <laughs> I okay. Smiley face. Smiley face. Good job. This is from uh, John McKay at It's Easy McKay. Which is more important this week, getting guys healthy or getting the offense in rhythm? Getting rhythm. the offense in rhythm. Also, obviously, no one getting hurt. Like, you don't want. Well, like, yeah, you can get the offense in rhythm, but then Swift gets hurt, it's not going to matter. I mean. 
obviously that's the this is from sea dog night what non-georgia rivalry game would you most like to attend my pick is the egg bowl hmm egg bowl is not a bad one um egg bowl if it were in oxford yeah <laughs> uh, probably probably army navy i'd like to go to the iron bowl someday I think Iron Bowl is Army obvious. Navy, yeah, but like there's a lot of Alabama people there at the Iron Bowl. Yeah. Ohio State, Michigan. I've never yeah, been to Ohio State. Yeah, that's a big Michigan. one. Yeah, the big, that would I mean, be the big really game. That would be really fun. Um, I'd like to go to the Texas State Fair. I think because that big yeah, cowboy and Red River you can get a, cool. a corn dog dipped in something and yeah, fried and Oreos, and fried in something else. You don't even have to go to the game. But that's. No, what? I know. I'd probably just stay at the fair. Well, it might be raining. It could rain. It could rain. <laughs> it could rain. <laughs> Damn it, you beat me to it. All right, this is from, uh, at, Sto- uh, at, this is from at Scott D. Guy. In my opinion, the question is, which from shows up, Jake or Nick? Go dogs. So which one did we decide? I Nick, think Nick's he, the bad guy. Nick is the bad guy. But I also think that there's a difference between maybe he's, uh, he's Chris or something. Chris Fromm. Like Nick Fromm is... We can't add another seen. one. Nick Fromm's the guy we see most... Of the, Jake Fromm is the Jake Fromm we all know. Right. Nick Fromm is the guy that we see most this season who seems nervous or jittery or just off his game. Chris Fromm is who we saw last week. A guy that actually seemed confident the way that we know Jake Fromm, but also bad. That's the new... It's if, if, yeah, that, so it's that, like if you're asking a girl out, Nick Fromm is the guy that... Like George McFly character, and Jake yeah. Fromm is the Marty McFly. And and Chris is Biff, okay, <laughs> or, or, or 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 needles. <laughs> needles doesn't show up till part two. All right, it's from uh, Seth Wilson at Seth Wish. He says, uh, "Where does Tech rank in your hate hierarchy? I consider them the least of the four major rivals: Auburn, Florida, Tennessee, and Tech." He put UTK, and I was like, "What is that?" I appreciate him putting that question in the form of a question. Yes. I, I feel like if Georgia Tech were good, this would yeah. have like a ton it of hate. It is dependent on that. Yeah. yeah. Like Auburn's always going to be halfway decent and Florida's going to be halfway decent. But like, I don't know. I mean, there were times where Florida, like think about in 17 when they crushed Florida and they crushed Auburn. It was more satisfying than when they crushed Georgia Tech on a regular basis. Yeah, I, I think probably Florida and Tennessee will always rise above Tech just because of the table stakes. I think Florida and Auburn will always be there. I feel like Tennessee's third. I, I mean, but yeah, probably probably Tech was fourth. I'd probably be Auburn. Yeah, because I said that in 2015. They were my most objectionable, and uh, I think they still are, especially because my wife growing up in Columbus, yeah, and I have to go down there and read times. the paper and yeah. deal with all the people that... Yeah. Yeah. The uh, the Columbus Ledger Inquirer. Yeah, it slants a little bit left, wet meaning west. Uh, it definitely doesn't turn left. That was a read the letters of the other. I'm, I'm, I'm using a geographical <laughs> reference, like left on the map. Never mind. All right, this comes uh, via Instagram from J D Dean. He says, "Love the podcast." Here's my From conspiracy take. From is tremendously loyal and deep down wants to come back next year. However. He knew coming into the season, if he was projected to be a high enough draft pick, he would not be able to resist the lure of the NFL. Therefore, subconsciously, he has been playing at an unfrom like level to lower his draft projection. I say this all very selfishly in hopes that he does return to UGA next year anyway. Love the podcast and go dogs. That is a galaxy brain take if I've ever heard one. 
I'm with Will on that. <laughs> this is from Ellenberg88. Other than an easy win, why should we keep Tech on the schedule going forward? This rivalry is not nationally relevant, and ending the season with a nooner against a 3-8 and team is really underwhelming. We've, we've covered that. Okay. I don't, I don't mean to be dismissive, but the, the main reason is because we can't live in a world where Georgia is the most important place for us to recruit and also ignore our other power five rival in the state and not and get honestly, the shit out of them. If Georgia Tech starts getting halfway decent, this game will be more fun, and it, it might not be, be a nude. From Mike Lion Heath, Mike Lion Health, forgot the L, buy or sell Reggie Ball. And then he put a little laughing emoji. Is <laughs> this by me that I enjoy his counting skills? Because that's all I'll buy. This one is from at Magoo82 underscore. He, he came to our he came uh, to our thing. Our thing. Question for Georgia versus Georgia Tech preview pod. I've always been on the mindset that the better the record our opponents have, it always helps Georgia's strength of schedule. But most of my friends always want Georgia Tech, Florida, and Auburn to lose every game they play. Is it wrong to want our rivals to have good records at the time that they play Georgia? Thanks and go dogs. I, I mean, it's the question that I want our rivals to be successful except for when they play us. No, I, I would prefer – look, if South Carolina, Florida, Tennessee, Georgia Tech, and Auburn were 0-12 every season, I'd be cool with that. I understand what he's saying, though. I get what, what he's saying, saying, but yeah. I mean, this is also the advantage of being the SEC, right? Like, you never really have to worry about strength of schedule yeah. that much. Yeah. Like, it's only, it's only a situation that basically Alabama has this year, where it turns out that all these teams that were supposed to be good are actually not quite as good. But generally speaking, if you're in the SEC, I mean, this is, this is why Georgia's in such a good position. Just yeah. win the SEC. And you're, you're allowed to lose one. And well, but, you can still make it. I mean, a good example is, and this is crazy, but when Alabama beats, if Alabama beats Auburn, that's their best one of the season. Oh, no yeah. question. No question. And George Spoon over Auburn was our third yeah. best. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. So. If. If they beat LSU. If Texas A&M beats LSU? Uh, no, if, if George well, beats Right, LSU. right, right. No, it's our th- no, Florida and Notre Dame. I think Florida's better than Auburn. I I'm not sure Notre Dame's better than Auburn. You don't think so? They're, I think the, the, the committee doesn't think they are. Well, that's, they get Auburn. That's, well, yeah, Condoleezza Rice. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I well, she's don't out. She's out. Last question. This is from Chatty151. Should Zeus and Cook being presented more to try to jumpstart the offense? Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm past worrying about what coaches think. So I'd love to see Swift have a – I mean, Zeus have a Swift in the Auburn SEC championship game moment. That, that would, would be, be awesome. Fun. That would be fun. You're right? right. That would be awesome. That's what you're looking for. You know, you know who has that moment? Yeah. It's Pickens. It's Pickens. Pickens is the guy that has that moment. Yeah. If he has that moment. Yeah. And, we'll, we'll, again, we'll preview that game. But uh, uh, to me, that is, if there's an X factor in that game, it's Pickens. One more question I forgot from Patrick O'Rourke, the fish police. He says, uh, I had a dream for years. Yeah, keep an eye on the, poli- on the fish. He says, I had a dream for years that we'd be up big on Georgia Tech in the fourth and Rick and or Kirby would put in the scout team to run the option as they ran out of the as they ran out the clock. <laughs> maybe maybe even scoring on Georgia Tech's defense it would have been pure COFH cough co I don't know what COFH is. I don't C-O-F-H. pull up urban dictionary. I don't know what that's COFH That's a real thing. 
My, and then he follows up. He says, my question is, would it be even more hilarious to do it this year and score against them with it, <laughs> given that they've scrapped the option and have gone three and eight as a result? It would be no fun because they, they would even get, they'd be like, yep, that offense sucked. So but who, who gosh, would, I, I, how would you dot the, the, the wishbone? Who would you, what would be your order of oh, the backs and the idea. wishbone? Um, well, I mean, Cook's your scat back, right? He's your B. Um, I think your quarterback is Swift. Yeah, Swift's probably your quarterback. Yeah. And then, I mean, Herring's your B-back. Oh, he'd be a strong B-back. Right? Yeah. So we did not cover this in, in the analysis. There's one thing I'm, I wanted to talk about. We, we talked a little bit about uh, Fromm and Swift fussing at the end of the game. Oh, yes. Yeah, right? We did, we did not cover um, The prevailing theory is that Swift was upset with Fromm for not keeping the ball on it. Because it was clear that they were going to run blitz or they were going to blitz from that side. Um, and, and we'll get to this a little bit next week against LSU. Fromm's got to keep the ball more on the, some of those mm-hmm. some of those RPOs or or some of those inside read options. He's I got mean, to keep the ball more. It's, I, this is going to make a, be a popular statement to make, but like quarterbacks uh, um, who do RPOs are. Uh, Georgia's going to have to get one of those guys. I mean, they had one of those guys. But, like, that's what the future of football is. Like, honestly, that's what the future of football is. Football is not Jake Fromm's. It, it, doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be the future of Georgia football. And I, I don't disagree that Georgia can get one and be successful. Because if the offense runs, it, look, if the offense runs what we saw in the first half against Texas A&M, we don't have to have one. But you got to make throws. Yeah, yeah. yeah, right now it's not doing that. It's not doing it's that. Not doing that. Okay, fun office pools, the standings overall. I've fallen. He has plummeted. fallen. First place is JT Wallington. No relation to Tony. I don't know why it would be, but it just sounds funny <laughs> because you have the word wall in it that's similar. There's a T. Um, MC Rice. Yeah. Was good DJ back in the 80s. MC um, Rice was awesome. Yeah. Party 601 was points or one or point hers, off. The, or hers. Yeah. Uh, PA Illini Dog is a. Uh, Three points off the lead, and then Tony Waller comes in and tied for third, also with 599 points, three points off the lead. Mm-hmm. I believe I'm 30. Uncle Will yeah, Leach we'll, we'll is 25 moves. points behind Tony, yeah. so he's in 30th place, and then I'm somewhere down you're here. The, you're on the first page. Now, I moved right? up. Yeah. Yeah, I've got 500 even points. That's exactly what I was shooting for this <laughs> that's year. That's good. That's yeah. good. To yeah. just yeah. cap it at five. I might not even pick this sure. week just so that's, I can keep those that's, points. That's an odd decision. All right, so let's make the picks. There is a Thursday night game. The Egg Bowl is in this, so get your pick at least for that game in. And we'll start with that. Ole Miss travels to Starkville. And this is Mississippi State going for a bowl game and Mississippi trying to stop them from a bowl right. game. Mississippi is eligible this year. Yeah, but I think they'd have like to do APR. Yeah. They could win yeah. and get on APR. Particularly now that Missouri is not available, as you saw right. today. Right, totally game. not available. I don't know. I, I'm picking I, Mississippi. I really, really, really want to pick Mississippi State just because um, they have been interesting. But Mississippi's hot. They played. They played the past three games. They played really tightly against teams they had no business playing. When they put against. 600 yards of offense up on LSU. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think they figured out that running John Rice, Rice Pumley is a is a smart idea, and they're going. They're well, and he's one of those RPO guys that you talked about that had well, once committed to Georgia. Yeah, George Offerman, great shirt. Yeah. You're taking Ole Miss? Yes. You're taking Ole Miss? Yep. I'm going to take Ole Miss as well. I like their helmet and color scheme better than Mississippi State, for what it's worth. Not that y'all care. Maybe they'll wear the powder blues. 
Virginia Tech at Virginia. Virginia has not beat them in what thirteen thousand years. Yeah, it's weird. It, I almost want to go counterintuitive of this because Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech is looking at the team like we thought it was going yeah. to be all year, right? Now. Especially defensively. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like I'm just saying, like I don't know. I don't think it's going to be Clemson, but they're going to give them a game in the way that it's not like the uh, Ohio State playing Northwestern last year. Like there is legitimate. Anyway. But I want to be counterintuitive and pick Virginia just because it feels they haven't beat them in so long and everything seems to be veering toward Virginia Tech. But I can't. I'm picking Virginia Tech. Virginia beats Virginia Tech and gets the Orange Bowl bid. Oh, wow. I do not want that to happen because I don't want, if Georgia does happen to lose LSU, I do not want them playing. I, yeah. I mean, that game, that, the game could be I don't want them playing. 17-14. Virginia Tech has shut out their last two opponents. I'm going to go with Virginia Tech. Missouri to Arkansas, this – Long tradition, mm-hmm. SEC West teams playing each other it's at the end of the war. year. It's border war. It is a border war. You would not want to be near that border in any possible context. No. But um, Missouri, as I was mentioned, kind of mentioned before, Missouri officially had their bowl ban not rescinded. So they'll lose to Arkansas. So yeah. it doesn't matter. What happens is not going to bowl anyway. So I, th- it's weird. Arkansas showed a little, a little. LSU and maybe Missouri is discouraged um, and they've looked bad recently. I'm going to still pick Missouri, but begrudgingly. I'm going to pick Missouri and kids don't cooperate with the NCAA. Yeah. There's no payoff. There's no reason to do it. I'm going to take Arkansas. All right, Louisville at Kentucky. Louisville has come on strong. Recently. I'm picking Louisville in this game, actually. Um, what are their records? They're, they're pretty close, right? Seven and five. Or seven, seven and four, four Louisville, and, yeah. six and five, Kentucky. Yeah. So both of them are bowl eligible. The game is in Lexington. Mm-hmm. Um, what was Louisville's last game? What, the Kentucky played? No, what was Louisville's last game? Louisville played Syracuse. Okay, beat them. Yeah, I got to pick Louisville. It's hard to, yeah. Yeah. Do I it. agree. Just do it. Uh, we'll we'll skip this one. We're going to make this next one last before we pick the Georgia game. Okay. Okay. Uh, the big noon kickoff is that what they call it over big, in the big, big noon game? Yeah, big the big noon game. Big nooner. Big noon Saturday. Uh, except now it's big noon. Yes. Yeah. Ohio State goes to Ann Arbor again, kind of like Virginia and Virginia Tech. Michigan hadn't beaten Ohio State in thirteen thousand years either. For what it's worth, Michigan is playing the way. Right, that they're, they're every, not doing what they thought they were going to do. And they're playing the way that the reason everybody picked them to make the playoff this year. Yeah, would you want Georgia to play Michigan? Like, they're scary. Week? They're really scary no, right yeah. now. The problem is Ohio State is really scary. And that's the difference. Uh, if this were a normal Ohio State team, if this were last year's Ohio State team, I think Michigan would stop them. This Ohio State team is really, really, really good. I'm picking Ohio State. So part of me moved wants, to number one in the rankings today. I was, they I was did. They did. Uh, Georgia is still um, Georgia still fourth, which is irrelevant. Yeah, well, it doesn't matter. matter. Right. Whatever. Um, it, I do think Ohio State, LSU, whoever is ahead, does have an inherent advantage. Assuming Georgia loses to LSU, because yeah. I'm assuming you don't want to play Clemson. Yeah. You, you don't want to play Clemson. Yeah. Like, listen, if Georgia wins, that scrambles the whole thing because I think that clearly establishes Georgia as a. Legit team. But if Georgia loses to LSU, that fourth team is either going to be Utah or Alabama or, Oklahoma, or, Alabama yeah. or Oklahoma yeah. or Alabama without Tua. 
you obviously want to play that team rather than Clemson. Now, if Georgia wins, that scrambles that whole situation. You know, back in August, I thought Michigan was going to beat Ohio State. It's going to snow Saturday in Ann Arbor. I'll stick with that. I'm excited. I wish that game wasn't at noon. Yeah. Because that's going to be a fun game to check. It's also the same time as Illinois Northwestern. Yeah. Wisconsin, all the games I care about. Wisconsin at Minnesota. Peters is hurt. Um, Give me whiskey. Yeah, I want give me whiskey. Good for by the way. Good for PJ Fleck. He got his game day that he won. Yeah, so that's right. So we mark another one off. He got, he got his game day. Um, for the record, there was a school of thought. You should know this that the Illini board. There's my Illini minute. Uh, they oh, that's coming. They oh well. They well. I'll, be, I'll make it very quick here. There is um, if Illinois can win at Nebraska next year, which is. They might not be favored, but if they got a chance, they will probably, barring a massive upset, start 6-0 and and potentially have them being at home against Minnesota in mid-October, in which, as an undefeated yeah. Minnesota, they would have a chance at game day. So Illinois will become the last team not to have game day. They'll be the last Big Ten team. No, Maryland doesn't have it. Maryland and Rutgers have Maryland it. Rutgers. In Syracuse. But uh, I am also picking Wisconsin. I want the Minnesota. I have come around a little on P.J. Fleck. I'm also very bored of Wisconsin. Though I think if you're someone that wants Ohio State to lose, I think maybe Wisconsin has a better chance of beating Ohio State than Minnesota does. Uh, So I'm picking Wisconsin. All right. Uh, Texas A&M at LSU. I got to pick LSU. I mean, AM's defense is good, but their offense is. Maybe. I, I just feel, I don't know. I'm curious. I, I think Kellen Mond's going to find some more. It's a night game at LSU. I know, but I think I, I'm going to pick LSU, but I think Mond's going to find more room to work I mean, this with is, than this, he had against Georgia. Yeah, this has all the hallmarks of being 42 35 or 42 31. And so. is another, I mean, I mean, there's a reason LSU dropped. Like, people are keeping an eye out on yeah. him a little bit. I'm just saying. Oklahoma at Oklahoma State. What do they call this? Bedlam. Why do they call it that? Because it's Bedlam. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Was, that's a, the only thing going on in Oklahoma, right? There's a great Sopranos episode. Sam named it. I don't yeah. know. Great Sopranos episode called, called, called Bedlam. Who do you got? No spoilers. I haven't watched all of them. I'm just giving the title. Yeah, Oklahoma. Uh, Oklahoma. I agree. Uh, Iron Bowl. Alabama goes to Auburn. I've been saying for a couple weeks I think Auburn's going to upset them. And I'm going to stick with that. Okay. So what is the what is the spread in this game? It's close. Four and a half. Yeah, four and a half. Hours. So, but the streak is still alive. Yes. I I mean, like Auburn's Look a good amazing team. streak. Let's think about that again for a second. We are now coming up on almost five years. It'll be five years if they if they don't. If they, it'll be five years if they don't have a game where they're not favored today. It'll be almost five years that they've not. That's been a game that Alabama. That's been. crazy. That's in, absolutely insane. Yeah, I still have to pick Alabama. I, I, I mean, part of me says to take the chance to pick Auburn. This game's going to be really, really close. Um, easily jump on this points. Just jump on them. But um, I still have to say Alabama wins. I am also taking Alabama. On most podcasts, that's where we would end and then go to the Georgia Georgia Tech prediction. However. Right. On this podcast, we save one more game to pick, and it's a national game, and it's it kicks off at noon as well. Big noon, big one. Northwestern, 2-9 and nine Northwestern, travels to Champaign to face off bowl eligible and 6-5 and five Illinois. 
And Illinois is favored by double digits. Yes. For the record, Illinois could have beat Iowa last week. They were down 16-10. They had a fumble on that drive. There are some weird decisions that Lovey made that led to a, a, an overarching theory, by the way. Here's a theory. I'm curious what you guys think of this theory. Lauren Tate, the longtime columnist for the, Love Lauren Tate. For the Champaign News Gazette, he turned 90 this year, uh, and he is in better shape than anyone that I know. Uh, he has this theory that um, defensive coaches that came that made their, their realm in defense are bad at clock management. And people that came up, head coaches that came up with the offense are good at clock management because inherently every defensive coach wants the clock to run out. It's just in his DNA. He wants the clock to run out. And so therefore, what Lovey Smith screwed up like he did earlier against Nebraska was he let the clock run out in the second, at the end of the first half when he could have potentially got some points. So they had a chance to beat Iowa. Uh, but Brandon Peters, their quarterback, former Michigan transfer that's been really good this year, uh, got a concussion in that game on a – I'll put it this way. If this happened in a uh, Georgia-Auburn game, it would have been all we talked about all week. It was an obvious targeting call that they did not call. So uh, Illinois is probably going to be playing their backup quarterback uh, all game. It's still Northwestern. Seven wins. Seven wins. I'm – Taking Illinois, but I am. If they lose, it's okay because they still make a bowl game. I L L, baby. Okay, and then the game that we're here for. Sorry to cut you off so quick, Will. That wasn't that quick. Uh, Georgia travels to Atlanta, like we had said. They have not lost in Atlanta since that uh, terrible game. Jasper Sanks fumbled that wasn't a fumble. But we're not going to talk about that. Georgia has not scored 30 points in six straight games. The last time they scored over 30 points was against Tennessee. And that was actually, looking back, I mean, it played pretty well. They had defensive scores. They had a lot of offense. You know, once it kind of got started in that game. Um, the spread on this game is hovering around 28 and a half, 29. Georgia hasn't scored 30. They need to gear it up for LSU. I think Georgia does score over 30. And I think they also cover the spread in this. Uh, we're not, I'm not going to predict a close one like I have the past couple weeks. I think Georgia wins the game 34-3, to three, and Hot Rod gets a couple more field goals in there. I think that I'm going to go to my freaking grave saying this. This is the game where they try stuff out. <laughs> like, it just feels like you've got to, right? Like, this is the time to do it. All everyone in football wants to see is that can you... The, that's what LSU needs to see, is that you can do some of this. Jake Fromm needs to see it. DeAndre Swift needs to see it. You need to throw the ball around in this game. You have the perfect... This is why Georgia Tech and Thanksgiving is so good, because you've got an opportunity to mess around and cause all sorts of trouble. I want to see, and more to the point, this is another good thing everybody drank in Seth Emerson's second glance piece this week, knowed just how much Blankenship has bailed them out this year. Because yeah. Georgia, is, Georgia is, I think, number one in the country in red zone percentage. Yep. But that is a very confusing stat because it's really just whether you score. It's very misleading because it's whether you score. And the reason Georgia yeah, always scores. They're like mid-40s like mid on points per red zone. On points. The reason they always score is because Rodrigo's so awesome. Those need to start becoming touchdowns. And that's this is the game you need to see that. I think this is a game where Rodrigo actually doesn't get any field goals. I think this is 
35 to 7. Well, I, too, agree with Scott that the, the spread gets covered. But I also agree with Will. I don't think Rodrigo gets anything. Um, whether we sling the ball around or not, Georgia Tech's defense um, is – I mean, Georgia Tech will score every drive. Um, but also, you know, their, their, def- their offense is predicated on the run. Their defense is going to get gassed. Um, I think we're going to sling it around some. I think it's going to be a fun game for us to watch in person. Dan, if you're listening, watch this game on TV because it's going to be fun. Uh, give me Georgia 42 to 9. Is that, is that three field goals or is that a touchdown and a safety? Oh, if we have a safety, I'm going to be very disappointed. <laughs> so disappointed. That's a very William Leach conversation, by the way. William yeah, is constantly yeah. obsessed with how yeah. people oh, score their yeah, points. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of that, too. <laughs> yeah, I'm good with that. So, um, um, so there's a couple of things we got to remember. First off, Jasper was down. Second off, Tech lies and cheats. And uh, third, if you're going over there, um, say hey, hey to everybody because it's going to be a lot of red in that stadium. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I'm excited. This is, yeah. I have to say, I, this is one of my favorite games of the year. I, and maybe this is because I'm new to this, but like I love it's, 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 it's now become a big tradition to go. We, I said we always go to Callaway Gardens and we all, and, and I wish it weren't at noon. I had a hotel that I had to cancel because I was hoping it might be at seven. But um, to be able to, I, I, I love going to other stadiums that start to feel like home. Yeah. And Bobby Dodd actually feels a little bit like home. So it'd be very pleasant. How many uh, Georgia fans do you predict? Or I don't know how many it holds. Say it holds 65,000? It holds 52,000. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's small. I'm pretty sure. I hold on. I'm going to have Chad check that. But um, it's probably on that page. Go ahead. Is it? Um, I don't think it is. What is the, uh, so what's the percentage? Uh, oh, 70%. I think. Like, I mean, I mean, look, seventy percent. It might be high, but um, fifty-five thousand seats. Fifty-five thousand. So seventy percent of fifty-five thousand would be approximately thirty-five thousand, right? So I'm looking know. forward to it. I mean, I mean maybe, is, maybe a little less than seventy. I, I don't want them to ever get rid of this game. I want this game to be every Thanksgiving until my children go to college. Yeah. My, look, I, like my um, my girls have been to a couple of bowl games with the Sugar Bowl. They've been to the Gator Bowl against Penn State. Um, my son's been to a away game, but I promise them an away game. So we're going. Um, and I, I'm a little worried they're going to think away games are this way. Right? Um, <laughs> yeah. So well, I, well, we'll, they're we'll, not going to Alabama next year, are they? No. <laughs> but we'll figure out. We'll figure out. We'll, yeah, we'll I'll be together. in uh, section 228. So yeah. look for me. Yeah, I won't. I don't know what section I'll be in, but I'll be there. Yeah, I think I'm in 206. I have a beard and do not wear a visor because I'm bald. Yes, I'm, uh, I'm in 206. Uh, what, what, but you I'm won't be able to see me and Will because you can't get from one side of the stadium to the yeah, other. I'm really confused by that. So you, yeah, yeah. Oh, and, and also, sorry to cut you off. No. Get there early because when I went two years ago, I remember it's that a complete was a big thing. It's a mess, mess yeah. to get into that stadium. Especially if you're trying to get the I missed upper the entire deck. first quarter. Especially if you're trying to get the upper deck in the end zone where Georgia sits. It, it can be a problem. Yeah. Okay, I'll keep that in mind. Hi, everyone. Uh, happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. Great holiday. Great holiday weekend. Just as I said before, I didn't grow up with Thanksgiving being a thing in my family. So to have it now be a, a place down here and have it be a Georgia Tech game is one of my favorite things of being here. So, uh, hey, happy Thanksgiving and uh, go dogs. Go dogs.
And thanks so much for listening. Feel free to tweet our show or follow us on Instagram. Our handle is at WSLS Podcast for both platforms. And like we said during the show, the three of us will be at Georgia Tech, along with probably around 30,000 other Georgia fans on Saturday. So we'll hopefully see you on Saturday somewhere on the flats. And we'll be back on Sunday with our post-game show for the Dogs and the Jackets. And we'll be back in studio early next week to preview the SEC Championship game as the Dogs take on LSU. But before all that, or after that, or anyway, just like to say right now, have a great Thanksgiving and safe travels to all of y'all heading around Georgia or flying wherever you are. And we'll see you on campus sometime in Athens very soon. And as always, go dogs. Go dogs.